wherever you happen to be. Um, and to all of our friends around the world, hello, hello, hello. Hope you all are doing well tonight and welcome to a Wednesday edition of The Sea Report. I'm your host, Mr. C, coming on to you what is otherwise known as Sandwich Day. <laughs> That's right. We found a family-friendly euphemism for hump day over here at The Sea Report because that's how we roll. Okay. <laughs> Hope everyone is having a great day today. Uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, um, and uh, that, uh, you know, we're doing good. We're doing good. We got another uh, day of news coming out for you guys. Some uh, yeah, pretty good report I think we have lined up for you guys today. It's always interesting what we're going to find in the headlines whenever we're uh, kind of perusing through them, trying to decide what stories to cherry pick for your, you know, uh, your flavoring uh, enjoyment of the afternoon. And uh, we most definitely appreciate you all coming on in and checking out the C-Report. You know, once a week, twice a week, five times a week, you guys are awesome. Most awesome. So uh, thanks for coming back, and I'm glad you're enjoying the show with us so far. Uh, now let's see here what we have on the agenda for today. It looks like we will be talking about some more audit stuff. Actually, there's a lot of drama going on in uh, Pennsylvania believe it or not. Now, I've been holding off talking about Pennsylvania for a minute. Now, if uh, you guys have been paying attention uh, to Pennsylvania or any of the headlines or any of the news reports out there, you probably know a little bit about what's going on. But we're going to give you a nice package deal tonight and catch you guys up on all the drama. Not drama mean. No, just kidding. I like saying it like that. Drama, pasta. Anyways, it's pasta, drama. Anyway, okay. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Um, appellate, appellate. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. We'll catch you up on all the drama going on in Pennsylvania because there is a lot of it going on. I mean, we're talking about the kind of drama where uh, one senator calls into a talk show host and then the senator he's fighting with calls into the same talk show. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, there's an on-air feud and the host is right in the middle of it. Drama. Real drama, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, we don't like drama here at the Sea Report unless it's in the headlines. <laughs> Otherwise, get out of my yard. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll also pay a little visit to Wisconsin. And, uh, yeah, talk a little bit about what's going on. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, it's going to be really interesting, guys, seeing what's coming up, because um, as we keep saying, it is rhino hunting season, right? It is rhino hunting season. And uh, so either the rhinos are, uh, you know, they're, either their hand is being forced and, you know, uh, they're either, you know, showing their true colors, uh, which, which, you know, forcing their hand would be that, you know. But ultimately, as cowards in disguise, these rhinos are going along for the ride. 
they are going along for the ride. So we're start we're starting to see a lot of these rhinos change their colors, you know. But you know, I've never met a rhino that was a chameleon, or at least a cheetah. No, a cheetah doesn't change its spots, right? A chameleon does. Hmm. I don't know. These uh, seem to be pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty. Um, what do you call it? Camouflagey type rhinos. Well, anyways, will you know when it get when it boils down to it, it all depend. It all shows in the fruit of their labor. We can see how spoiled their harvest is when it comes out. Exactly what it is their intentions are. So we'll see, guys. But we'll talk about some rhinos who appear to be turning a leaf. Although I kind of doubt it, I kind of doubt it, but most unfortunately, these rhinos are, uh, you know, these rhinos are foraging in the topic of election audits in both the state of Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. So we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, you know, also, uh, what else do we have on the guys' uh, agenda for today? Actually, we have a lot of stories for you guys today. I couldn't quite fit them all into the little header right here. You know, you know, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the remain in Mexico, the migrant protection protocols uh, being forced to stay by way of the Supreme Court, which is a victory. Actually, I guess you could say we're having some victories in today's episode. I mean, you know, I take uh, I take almost every episode as a victory, I'd say, because if we're not actually winning, we're at least finding out the problem, thereby coming up with the solution and I still consider that a win, even if it is only a, a half glass full type of situation. So stick along with the show today and we'll see what's going on. There's a, there's there's actually a few wins in here today. A few wins in here today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hope you guys again are having a happy sandwich day here on uh, this beautiful planet called Earth amongst our wonderful brothers and sisters who will help us restore this Republic as soon as we wake them up. <laughs> It won't be too hard, guys. It won't be too hard. Not too much longer, I'm sure. Just keep that light burning bright. Keep that faith strong. And don't stop. That's what the uh, that's what the order of the day is. Now, let's see what we got going on in the chat room today before we get into our report. First of all, if you guys are over on the Foxhole app, now, whenever I'm on, uh, whenever I'm on, uh, oh yeah, actually, let me just do this also. A quick note to our podcast users and to our friends over at Twitch and Trovo. Um, if you hear me talking to the voices in my head, those happen to be all my friends over at the Foxhole app. So uh, yeah, I pretty much do like exclusive commentary to the friends over there. It's a beautiful community of patriots. They're wonderful people. Uh, so if you want to get in on the action, then I would uh, I would highly recommend going over to the Foxhole app and joining on in the fun. Uh, now, you can do that either at the foxhole.app or you can do that at pilled.net. And uh, that will get you quick access to the Mr. C channel. And then you can join in on the fun. And maybe I will even address you during a live podcast. All right. Or live stream, however you want to call it. Yeah, I just got to say it, guys, because uh, after all, uh, this show does go to other venues, but uh, you are the ones who are my loves. So we will leave it at that. Right. OK, cool. All right. Awesomeness. So, well, you know, I will respond to the Twitcher sometimes because I can see the comments, you know, but but you guys know where my heart is. All right. From the bottom of my heart to yours. So now I was going to say, um, you know, like um, so, uh, you know, you can see the C report on both 
the foxhole.app, and then also on pill.net, right? On pill.net, though, you can see like uh, animated GIFs or GIFs. I never really figured out how to pronounce that word. And uh, you can see um, you can see uh, illustrations. You know, if you drop a link in there, it'll give you like, you know, a little like picture box of the website or whatever. Uh, so if any of you guys um, are on pills.net, then you can see this really beautiful painting. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing this is one of uh, Pilled by the Rabbits. He left a beautiful painting of hugging uh, alligators. Yeah, those look like alligators, right? Not crocodiles. <laughs> it's a beautiful water painting. It's a beautiful water painting. And I thought that that was a wonderful way to start off my Wednesday show today. So thank you for that, Pilled, for dropping that lovely image. And, you know, I, I was looking at it. And I was like, this is kind of cool. It looks like they're like, um, like, uh, like amorphous creatures within the, uh, the alligators whom are embracing each other in a loving way. So kind of reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, but I don't think I remember there being any kind of alligators in that. Oh, wait. Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, I take it back. Disney's rendition had the crocodile uh, from her uh, her rhyme that she does. How does a how does a how does a crocodile? I can't remember how it goes. But if I'm not mistaken, in the original version, it was not a crocodile. It was something else. Um the the, uh, the the rhyme or the riddle, no, it's the rhyme, the poem rhyme that uh, the uh, Cheshire Cat um, recites to her. Very fun stuff. So there was a crocodile. Uh, like how many teeth does, a, I don't remember how it goes. I don't remember. I mean, yeah, anyways. The, you know, the Disney version is, it is what it is. My favorite version of Alice in Wonderland, I think it's, um, it is a uh, made-for-TV British rendition, I think from like the late 70s, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, ooh, very, very good. That's my favorite version of Alice in Wonderland, actually. And it's a live-action version. And the costumes in that one are so... To me, they're very intricate. But something tells me if I were to have seen that when I was a child... I probably would have peed my pants and uh, not been able to sleep at night. Scary indeed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Very scary. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Uh, yes. Pilled by the rabbit says uh, time flies when you are in and out of rabbit holes. And then also comments, Anka Vanka is having a great fundraiser. Ooh, Anka Vanka's fundraising. You know, something tells me that Anka would be very effective at that. Very effective at that. Um, I saw she had her uh, show scheduled for today. Oh, wowzers. Dang, what is she fundraising for? <laughs> I just opened it up here. Look, watch. Y'all, let, let's uh, hold on. Like, wait, wait, wait. Before we get, before we get too involved <laughs> in today's report. Jeez, Anka Vanka. I, I, I said she's effective at fundraising, but check this out, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all guys can tell Anka that we watched her show here on the Sea Reports. <laughs> let's see. Let's see what's going on real quick. Look at that. Look at this girl. Look at her. Look at her. That's twenty four hundred eighty three thousand. Oh, twenty four. Not thousand dollars. Sorry, two thousand four hundred eighty three ninety eight. Girl, what is going? So, uh, please help. Oh, that is so nice of her. She's helping Dolphin72. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. Oh, my God. Anka is an angel. Anka is a pure angel. Hold on, guys. Y'all can tell her we did this if you want. Uh, hold on. Wait, you get the, the let's ship. See, let's Thank see what she's so saying. Wow. 
Tangerine 26, gifted the fleet. In the better late, you donated a thousand gold pills. This Aww. is from Uncle Pops to Dolphin 70. Wowzers. Okay. You are the that is amazing, guys. I won't believe any of the stories that people tell me about. All you. right. Everyone goes directly to Anka Vanka show. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, uh, so for any of you people out there who have no idea what you are just looking at, um, that is uh, another content creator here over at the Foxhole app. Anka Vanka here. She's doing a fun fundraiser for another, another family member in the, uh, the Foxhole slash pilled community. Now that's what I'm talking about guys. Now, for any of you guys who are watching outside of um, the Foxhole app or pilled.net, uh, I got to say guys, like uh, this is a community, like no other community you will meet. And uh, they're raising, they're raising money. They're raising money for another member in need right now. And uh, they, they turn out in spades, guys. They turn out in spades. That's amazing. Wow. Props to Anka and to uh, the rest of the Foxhole family out there. Um, man, talk about knowing how to take care of your own. That is amazing. Wow. That just made my heart expand, ladies and gentlemen. That is amazing. Thank you for letting us know about that. Uh, Pilled by the rabbit. Very cool. Very cool. Um, good humid evening, says Texas gal. Indeed it is. <laughs> Indeed it is. And uh, she loves my tie. You know, there's something strange going on with my tie today. Look at Check this out. Look at it. Do you see that, guys? Do you see it? What is up with that? It's not just my tie. It's actually also my uh, my pocket square here. Yeah, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. Uh, no, just kidding. I, I think it's a green screen effect that's going on right now. Um, I, I, the, the tie is actually green. <laughs> so this is this is actually uh, this is like actually a deep fake tie I'm wearing right now. <laughs> Believe it or not, it is a deep fake tie. Deep fake. Uh, if you see a new face soon, give her a warm welcome. My woo woo artist friend from a far away time zone at cousin it uh i will be sending her here oh excellent that's uh from pilled by the rabbit uh so pilled by the rabbit we have pilled jessica and now cousin it is joining us it's like your whole clan is coming over that's awesome pilled um i will definitely look out for cousin it and uh say hello philly q good afternoon good evening how are you doing tonight good to see you ma'am in the chats empress beach to you likewise likewise Welcome, 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 and a welcome. Awesomeness. Disco Ball Chasers, thank you so much for the warm wishes, the well wishes, the great wishes, it seems like. Bill Tech, how are you doing tonight as well? All right. Just V, good evening, Just V. Welcome, welcome back. Aurelius Locke, my friend, good evening. Good to see you all. And there's there's Pill Jessica. Well, we were just talking about you, Pill Jessica. How are you doing tonight? How are you doing tonight? All right. Sounds good. Hello, Angel. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> oh, goodness. Sherry Pittsburgh's in the house as well. MacGyver, good evening, y'all. How are y'all doing? Good to see you guys. Good to see you. Yeah, it's pretty impressive with Anka Vanka. Go Anka. Go Anka. That, yeah, an awesome success. God, like, yes, green screen antics. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Uh, Jen C. Bonneville. Welcome. 
Welcome. I don't think I've seen you in our chats before, Miss Jen C. Bonneville. So welcome, welcome to the C chats. And uh, I tell you what, the friends will make you comfy and uh, I hope you enjoy the show. I definitely hope so. Recruiting, busy, busy recruiting rabbits to fill those rabbit holes. Sounds like that's what Pilled by the Rabbit is up to. Very awesome. Okay, cool, guys. I love it. I like it. I want more of it. All right. So, yes. So, yeah, as I was saying, a uh, good show today. Was kind of perusing some of the headlines before I came on. Uh, you know, of course, everything that everyone and anyone is still talking about is, you know, the Afghanistan issue. We'll, we'll touch a little bit on it tonight. There's really not much more to say other than that, like, everything's falling apart. And uh, every day that we move past last Monday, because it's already been over a week uh, since, uh, you know, Biden has, uh, you know, totally just um, abandoned his post and allowed these things to get away with. I just I feel I the resolve I have gets stronger in regards to him, uh, to this being truly a setup. Like, I, I really feel like this might be his uh, the exit strategy for one President Biden you know, because he was never the president to begin with. Uh, he was probably like, well, you know, um, I'm, uh, uh, you know, as, as long as you get me out of there before too long, I'll do it, you know? Um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You know, we'll see, we'll see how long he lasts once he's out of office guys. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? We will see how long he lasts once he's out of office. And by that, I mean, you know, if it's not his time to meet God or the devil, whichever one, well, I'm not one to judge, okay? Even in the face of all of the evidence that would suggest that he's going to burn, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not one to judge, but God or devil, it's not my job to judge, okay? It's not my job to judge, okay? Even if I think he's a raging demon from hell that needs to return to the pit from whence he came from, I'm not going to judge his outcome, okay? I mean, call it what you will, you know? <laughs> Some people are like, you're so political, Mr. C. <laughs> Just because you won't say he's going to hell. <laughs> oh, goodness, ladies and gentlemen, it is not my job to judge the heart, okay? It is not my job to judge the heart, okay? My eyes might judge, my mind might judge, but yeah, anyways. So, okay, so, you know, once he's out of office, because it really feels like this is the strategy for him to go. Like, it really does, guys. Like, you know, uh, CNN's turning on him, and that's the big one there. When the Communist News Network turns on their own people, it's for a reason. You guys know this. We all know this. It is known you know, since they, they pretty much, they don't, I wouldn't say they necessarily give the talking points, but they absolutely fortify the talking points. Now they give the, they give the talking points to the sheep and the sheeple and the sleep and the sleeple, right? But they don't formulate them in house, right? That, that's something that's passed along to them. And uh, so, but, but, but when they are giving the talking points to the sheeple, that is something to pay attention to, you know what I mean? Like definitely something to pay attention to. And then, you know, of course, you know, even the Democrats are turning on him as well. Okay. Now here's the fun thing though. Well, not maybe necessarily fun, but here's the thing though, is like when the Democrats start turning on him also, there's something else coming down the pipeline, right? 
So, you know, once he's out of office and, uh, you know, you know, just like everyone else here, um, uh, we don't we don't deal in, in we don't deal in absolutes like dates and times for we cannot know the date or the time. It is known, right? We cannot know the date or the time, but I would not doubt if he'll be out of office soon. I, I do not doubt it. Um, but how long will he last thereafter? Do you think uh, Joe will uh, live to be um, a ripe old age? Wait, well, I mean, he's already, I mean, he's already beyond ripe, right? <laughs> he's beyond ripe, right? You know, his juices floweth over, you know, uh, he's starting to get a little moldy. Um, but 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 will he will he live to walk along the beach of uh, of the Hamptons like Bill Clinton and and pudgy Hillary Clinton? You know, did you guys see that picture of her uh, that popped up recently where uh, she and Bill, who looks like a freaking zombie, he looks like a zombie with a beer belly, uh, you know, and she looks like a, a squat little like, I don't know, um, a pudgy doe demon from hell. Uh, all covered up, like, you know, like from head to toe, uh, you know, even covering her hands. It's like, well, why are you even trying to get vitamin D if you're going to wear all the shade? And I'm like, has she uh, ha has her her mind uh, like, you know, uh, digressed to the point of the 1800s? And she's like, I can't get any sun because then I'll look like the help. You know, I don't know about that, guys. Fruit flies. That's right. You know, <laughs> So anyways, you know, but, you know, Biden, I don't know. I mean, he'll ever he'll either kill over under the relief from the stress <laughs> or they're going to kill him because that man's got way too much dirt. You know, he's got so much dirt on him. He's practically already uh, covered up his own grave, guys. And uh, I'm sure that uh, his friends in Washington, D.C. will be help helping to shovel that onto his grave. So I don't know. We'll see what is up with that tonight. We'll see what is up with that tonight. Uh, but anyhow, yes, uh, let's see here. Oh, so um, as it turns out, wait, where did it go? Where did you go, darling? Gen C Bonneville says uh, that she's been a lurker for a long time. Well, Gen C, I'm glad you finally decided to come out uh, of the, uh, wait, come off the walls. Wallflower, being a little wallflower, and uh and welcome welcome um to the show i mean I'm, you know if you've been a lurker you know you know our audience out there you know everyone in the chat they're all wonderful people all wonderful people and uh let me see here um aurelius says have you ever noticed what my avatar is on a uh collins mr see the dark that is the man behind the curtain maybe or is it uh something that i think that's what i think it is like the man behind the curtain, or is it, or is it, uh, is it like uh, a reference to the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> it's kind of what I'm thinking. Oh, hey, it looks like Gen C is over in Twitch now. Hey, Gen C, <laughs> when did you hop over? Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, you know what, Gen C, you know what is, you know what I always say when it comes to uh, our friends over at Twitch. Because we we have we have a few we have a few friends that will hop back and forth, and, and I think I've kind of maybe talked a couple of them in from going from Twitch to the Foxhole app. Uh, uh, but is that you guys hold the light on over there in Twitch? Because let me tell you what it can become a vast dark space of trolls <laughs> without you guys. So uh, thanks for keeping the lights on over in. 
uh, over in the Twitch land. And uh, yes, Gen Z, gl glad you came up and said hello today. Glad you got uh, came up and said hello today. Mm-hmm. Ah, Just V says, we can't judge someone's soul, only their actions. Yes, indeed. Wise words from one Miss Just V. Um, and absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, she okay. Jen, Jen C. Bonneville is going to hold the line over at Twitch for now. Thank you so much for doing that, Jen C. We appreciate you. Shine the light on any trolls that come in there. Now, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily engage them, but just by being there, you may uh, you may deter that negative energy from coming in. <laughs> much love, Gen C. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh huh. Lurking is fun. And also, thank you for the can, Miss uh, Just V. I appreciate that uh, light refreshment. And uh, let's see what else we got going on here before we get into today's show. Uh, the evil ones often use scapegoats in their sacrifice. The occupiers being set up to be a scapegoat. Exactly, exactly. Pilled by the rabbit. You know, that's the uh, that's the trick there. You know, they are, uh, they are put on a pedestal up to a point and then all of a sudden... It's curtains for them. Much like the curtains in Aurelius Locke's avatar. Hey, it's Bruce Q. Wayne. What's going on, Bruce Q. Wayne? Welcome, welcome, sir. It's great to have you in the chats. And uh, enjoy the show. You know everyone here, Bruce. I'm sure you do. <laughs> It'll be just like home, I'm sure. <laughs> One, two, three, SKG says, I hope he lives to see justice served here on Earth. You know... You know, one, two, three, SKG. I mean, I agree with you. No, I mean, I, I'm not a, I, I'm not one of those people that's just like, I just want to smash their face in. You know what I mean? I'm not like, I just want to put a bullet through them. Like, that's not Mr. C. But justice for sure, ladies and gentlemen, justice for sure, and making an example of them, and it's it's a well-deserved example to be made of you know these people um they've done some horrendous things whether receipts are flown for it or not but i'll tell you what guys uh for for all the destruction and treason that they have wrought upon this country and upon the people uh they do deserve to see justice you know they do deserve to, to see justice and, uh, you know, and, and I've said it once and I'll say it again, you know, the tree of liberty does need to be watered. Now, I know the saying goes, the tree of liberty is watered by the blood of, you know, uh, patriots and, and treasonous bastards. But I'm saying, may the tree of liberty be watered by the blood of our enemies, okay? Because, you know, I know patriots' blood in the past has been required to water the tree of liberty. But I don't want Patriot's blood to water the tree of liberty. I think the blood of our enemies is enough, don't you guys? <laughs> I mean, blood is blood. Either way, if that's what the tree of liberty takes, you know? So I'm just saying, you know, may it be with the blood of our enemies. It don't got to be with the blood of Patriot's. I mean, yes, Patriot's to sacrifice. But do we need to do that, guys? I don't think so. We don't need to. May, may it be necessary? It may be necessary. Yes, we've we've already had lives lost in, uh, you know, in the corner of the Patriots in their corner of the ring. Uh, but does it mean that we have it has to continue to be that way? I mean, Patriots fighting for, you know, liberty, freedom and their fellow man. I don't think that they deserve that. You know, I don't think we deserve that. I don't think they deserve that. So uh, why, why can't the Tree of Liberty just be watered with the blood of our enemies? I think that should suffice, you know, for the people who hate humanity, 
the people who hate freedom, the people who hate liberty, you know, and I don't like to use the H word, but that is what they do. You know, that is what they do. That is how they feel. That is the level that they take their animosity, their animus against this country and what it stands for symbolically for the rest of humankind. And it's quite the shame that no one else can figure that out in two thirds of the country, two thirds of the world. All the people asleep, apathetic, or totally against the idea of freedom of choice and freedom of, of, of direction and freedom of movement and freedom of self-determination. Uh, I mean, come on, you know, like when, when, did, when did, you know, self-determining become such a, such a passe idea, right? That we just kind of have to, you know, uh, quarantine ourselves in our houses and uh, take a government stipend and then, you know, just bend over and jump into the fire when they tell us to. It makes no sense. Don't you value your yourself, your life or your your loved ones? That's what that's what I would ask those people. That's what I would ask them. Because it doesn't seem like that they do. You know, it doesn't seem like they do. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw Pilled by the Rabbit's comment about the juices and the butt wiping. <laughs> You're right, Tamgrell. You're absolutely right. Biden even said himself, he'll get a disease or a bad illness. He said it 100%. Like I said yesterday, guys, like Biden has a gift for uh, telling the truth, whether it be intentional or unintentional. Most likely it's Freudian flips that Biden is doing here. He's like, uh, my butt's been wiped. No, just kidding. <laughs> Speaking of telling the truth, right? No, um, you know, like, you know, just like he said about uh, the election fraud, you know, he was like, we've assembled the biggest, most diverse, most effective uh, team of election fraudsters. Uh, I mean, uh, 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 what did you say, resident in chief? What did you say? Goodness grief, this guy. This guy, uh, uh, what else does he say? Everyone knows I like children more than people. What did he say? I like bouncing kids on my lap. What did he say? Oh my goodness. And then he fell up the stair three times. Like, seriously, guys. <laughs> seriously. Uh, Sh uh, Sherry Pittsburgh says, think of Greg Kelly, General Milley, and Levine playing high school football together. Okay, wait. You just want me to bring up that uh, that General Milley picture, don't you? <laughs> I can't picture General Milley playing football with them nails, girl. <laughs> them cheap press-on nails, man. That pigskin would knock those things off and break them in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that is too much fun. That is too much fun. Yes, that is too much fun. Oh, my goodness. Okay, guys, I'm having too much fun with you guys. I just found out that uh, our IT guy at work died on a ventilator after hanging on for two weeks. Oh, that's sad. Sorry to hear that, uh, Aurelius Locke. Uh, are you talking about the COVA? <laughs> no, that's not funny. Are you talking about COVID? That's terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> Bruce Q. Wayne asks, did you enjoy at the Texan show beer and bacon this morning? Was the Texan on cooking breakfast and drinking a beer this morning, Bruce Q. Wayne? Boy, that man is everywhere. Whoa. Now, 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 guys, I have it on, I have it on, um, I have it on a good note 
that you will probably be seeing a lot more of the Texan soon. I was just uh, chatting with him uh, the other day. Um, uh, he's got a lot of stuff planned on his show, so stay tuned. It's it's quite interesting, guys. I think uh, the Texan's going to take you to places that you may never have thought to go before. <laughs> Or, may, or maybe you might have thought he was not going to go before. Now, for those of you out there in podcast land or on Twitch or Trovo, um, I'm talking about a content creator here on the uh, Foxhole app and pill.net by the name of the Texan. And if you'd like to get to know the Texan, you know, tune into his channel or check out the Mr. C channel on Saturday, uh, 3 p.m. Central Time. We'll be doing Lone Star News now. Uh, now, I would say that Texan rides side saddle with with me here on Lone Star News, but then that just sounds kind of like, you know, it sounds like kind of like dim diminishing, you know, you know, we both ride side saddle here <laughs> on Lone Star News. But uh, but uh, Texan will be back with us on Saturday uh, for the next uh, installment of Lone Star News, where we talk about Texas current events and news. So make sure you guys tune in for that if you're interested and if you're interested in seeing, meeting and uh, and uh, hearing uh, the words of a true Texan, <laughs> a true Texan and myself uh, tune into Lone Star News. It's been a fun time, guys. It's been a fun time. I'm, I'm glad that uh, uh, that Texan is uh, is joining me on these adventures. Uh, as we talk about Texas local government news and current events. And uh, if you're a Texan, I'd say tune on in. And uh, if you're an expat or if you're just someone uh, that wants to hang out and have fun, we'll be here at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Hey, Deplora Laura, how's it going over there in Twitch? Hey, Deplora, you and Gen C Bonneville, I predict you guys are going to be great friends over there at the Twitch holding up, hold, holding up that light. Hey, Gen C, guess what? You got Deplora Laura to help you tow the line now. All right. Our numbers are growing on Twitch. Excellent. Oh, Gen C, you're from Houston. Very cool. Very cool, man. Houston's got some problems. <laughs> We've just been talking about them uh, last couple of weeks. I mean, never mind that that troll of a human being uh who's that who's that lady the pedo uh pedo pedo jackson lee <laughs> J uh, sheila jackson lee oh my goodness girl oh my goodness yeah they're, they're doing you they're doing you some wrong guys over there in houston they are doing you guys some wrong okay <laughs> oh man Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, prayers for all the loved ones. Absolutely. <sighs> oh, really? Man, Aurelius, what's going on over there in your neck of the woods? It sounds like there's something in the water. Hopefully everyone is okay. And uh, that's cool. That's cool. So uh, for all of those of you watching out there in... Uh, in uh, Twitch land and beyond, you know, uh, we have reports here from the Foxhole app of several individuals in close proximity catching COVID. And you know what they did, ladies and gentlemen, according to Aurelius Locke, natural therapeutics, natural therapeutics, vitamins, zinc, probably a little bit of sun and a lot of rest. Right. And they were clear after five to 10 days. And that is that is what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, as we're moving into all of this FDA approval of COVID vaccines and all this other garbage, you know, um, that I mean, OK, so take, for example. Take, for example, uh, the numbers 
about uh, okay okay you remember guys i was talking about the ohio hearing on uh, vaccine mandates it was like two days ago right and uh there was a lady there who was uh just serving up the numbers like she had the receipts she had the hard data she was giving it to those uh those damn representatives of the state of ohio in that hearing you know and uh, I mean, they, they totally just maligned her character. They attempted to anyways. They didn't want to hear it because the woman had a PhD. You know, she'd worked in, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals and all that stuff. And um, I think it was over on Tori Says. I was watching. Uh, she had some commentary on uh, she had some commentary on exactly what this this uh, PhD, uh, you know, witness who was testifying was trying to explain. And basically, when you look at it, the numbers said, the numbers said, you know, that um, uh, her numbers said that, you know, when you when it, when you boil down to it, it was like, you know, one percent or less in the grand scheme of things of people who are actually uh, killed or affected by covid. Right. And, and that is actually what we've come to learn when we listen to independent doctors and um, and there's a whole bunch of them out there, they try to dis discredit the uh, frontline America's frontline doctors as well, which is just a shame. Right. Um, but, you know, um, uh, the, the people in this Ohio hearing were, were trying to say that uh, these vaccines were effective up to like 95 percent, you know, or something like that. But they were talking about 95% of the 1% that were affected. Never mind the 98 to 99% of people that never even were affected by this. Uh, in other words, who recovered. Because don't forget, guys, you have a 98 to 99% chance of recovery if you have caught COVID and probably higher if you've taken care of yourself and you've gotten your rest and all that stuff. Uh, but but these people are trying to scam America off of the percentage rate of effectiveness of these vaccines on 1% of people, which makes no sense. Yeah, 95% of 1% of 100%, uh, percent, uh, it's effective. But but 98 to 99% didn't even need it. You know, it makes no sense. They're just, everything is convoluted out there. Everything is convoluted and they just, uh, what is that word? They just conflate the numbers to try and trick people. Oh, freedom's not free. I love you. I love you, freedom's not free. Okay, freedom's not free gets all the gold stars today. Okay. <laughs> freedom's not free says the tree of liberty can live on prayers alone and peaceful non-compliance. Freedom's not free. I love you, freedom's not free. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you for opening that door. Thank you for providing that perspective and giving us that viewpoint. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you enough for saying that. The tree of liberty can live on prayer alone and peaceful noncompliance. We are in a civilized revolution, ladies and gentlemen. There's the, This is such irregular warfare, and it's all information warfare right now. Because if, if they were to engage us in kinetic warfare, they would have to show their face. They would have to unmask themselves. They would have to drop trow and, and show America exactly who they are. And once they do, it's on. So they can't really do that. From a political, tactical, cowardly point of view, they cannot do that. 
Yes, it's uh, Sheila Jackson Lee over there, Gen C Bonneville. <laughs> but yeah, exactly, exactly. They cannot do that. So you know what? We are we are in a very specialized time right now. We are in a very specialized time right now, where not only is the American population that is active, effective, and there's a lot of them who are watching. We've also got them cornered to a point, and it's all against their own game. This is the game that they set up to play. And now they have to play. Buy the ticket, take the ride. That's all there is to it. It's not, it's, it's, it's not on us that we all woke up. At the same time, though, it is on us that we woke up, you know, so it's all a good thing. It's all a good thing. It's all a good thing. You know, the glass is always half full, if not more so. And you know what, guys? It's going to get to the point where our cup overfloweth. And that will be a good thing. And it takes one drop. But that's all I'm going to say about that. It takes one drop. And uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. Excellent new painting. Oh, wow. This is a Wizard of Oz painting. Very cool. Have you guys ever seen Pilled by the Rabbit's artwork? If you haven't, you should go stop by his, uh, click on his, click on his avatar and stop by his pilled.net uh, account. He's got a lot of his paintings there. They're very cool watercolors. My favorite one is the, uh, the, uh, the Adam God red pill painting. I think that one's so cool. I think that one is so cool. Go check it out. Uh, and, uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> you must be, you must be on pill.net, uh, Aurelius Locke. <laughs> A lot of you must be, but you can see it there. Yes, you can. You sure can. <laughs> hey, WC Cranop, how's it going tonight? Good evening, sir. Good evening, my friend. Thank you for the hot tips this morning. <laughs> Thank you for the hot tips. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think we are going to side saddle. We're for women. <laughs> Just V. Well, just V, me and Texan are riding side saddle. They're just kidding. <laughs> Texan would probably be like, hey, boy, you can ride sad side saddle all you want. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> that is too much. Don't tell me those munchkins scared you. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Texas gal. When I was little, I had nightmares about those munchkins and flying monkeys. I think the flying monkeys scared me when I was a kid also. Um, the munchkins were just very strange to me. But we'll call them different in this PC world. Oh, there's a flying monkey painting also. That's so cool. That is so cool. Very cool. Very cool. And just V getting her ivermectin on. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Go, girl. You get that ivermectin. You know what? Philly Q says this. I'm sorry, but if they come at me with a needle, I'll meet them with my 2A. Oh, you know, you know, Philly Q, I don't think that it will get to that point now. They they may knock on doors. I guarantee it. Right, they're going knocking around. I mean, they're 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 particularly hitting up the uh, the low income, uh, high minority areas. That's where they're knocking right now. Anywhere, anywhere that uh, anywhere that they have um, what people on on welfare and government assistance, they're going after them first because after all, they're on government assistance. And, and it might come down to, well, if you want to get your food stamps, you need to get a vaccine, right? Talk about, I mean, they won't, they won't tell them, they won't tell them if you want your food stamps, have a drug test. 
or will deny you your food stamps, but they will tell them uh, if you want your food stamps, you have to be vaccinated. Now, that scenario I can see coming. And, and, you know, and I can see them knocking on doors and, you know, trespassing and all that stuff. Um, and, and for that type of activity, my friends, I don't think that we need to meet them with 2A. I don't even think that we need to meet them um, with disrespect. I think we can just say, no, don't come back or I'm calling the cops. And, you know, and you guys, I, I should let you know, I'm not a pacifist by any ways. I'm not a pacifist. I'm all about self-defense, you know, I'm not a pacifist, but at the same time, you know, like, I don't think if they're knocking on the door asking you the question that we have to be uh, unbrotherly or unsisterly towards them, you know, uh, golden rule, guys, I don't care if people think it's cheesy, I don't care if people think it's fake, that is those people, I live by the golden rule as much as possible, it's the easiest thing to live by. I want to be treated with respect. I want to be treated nice. I want to be treated with dignity. I want to be treated welcoming. So I treat other people like that, you know, and I'm going to do that for myself because that is the way I think and feel and believe. And, you know, hopefully that makes a difference somewhere. But, you know, I would treat them the same way if they came knocking on my door. Now, they haven't done that yet, and maybe they will someday, you know, but to Philly Q's point, if they come and they literally hold you down and try to forcefully inoculate you, have at it with that two way. Because and now I'm not I'm not advocating violence. I'm advocating self defense at this point. You know what I mean? I'm advocating self defense because you cannot do that to someone. You cannot forcibly inject someone. It's like Aurelius said in the show the other night: rape is rape. You know, my body, my choice keep any kind of prick away from me, you know? But, but yeah, exactly. Philly Q says the same thing. I consider any unwanted tyranny as I'm protecting myself. Exactly, Philly Q. And so you would be doing that of self-defense. That's respectable. And, you know, I mean, I'm nobody to say it's respectable, but I totally get it. And I would say, I mean, I would probably be the same way, sweetie. I would be the same way. If you're going to come and try and endanger my life, like that, that's another story. That is another story. You know, that's another story. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but you know, that's, that also Philly Q is kind of the reason why I don't think that they will come and try to forcefully inoculate us, you know, because we still have our second amendment. And, uh, that is, that is, uh, that is the clincher right there, ladies and gentlemen, that is God's gift to man. That is our saving grace. That is our blessing. Who would have thought, you know, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, you know, a Glock or a side piece or a rifle, you know, would actually be our saving grace. <laughs> it's almost ironic. It's almost an oxymoron, you know, that, uh, that our second amendment is that, that protection from up on high, you know, that insight and that, that uh, discernment that our founding fathers had to, to, uh, to award for us. And it's, it's self-defense, ladies and gentlemen, we have the right to defend our lives as a gift, you know, as a gift. And, uh, so I really don't, I really don't see them coming down and, uh, trying to, well, not like, not like in China, not like what they're doing in Australia right now, guys, I don't see that happening in America because we still have our Second Amendment rights. And that is the right to protect our lives, ladies and gentlemen. That is the right to... So I appreciate that perspective, Philly Q. 
I appreciate that perspective. And uh, and you know it, girl. You know it, girl. I'd be right there beside you. <laughs> Pill by the Rabbit dropped another painting, and that one's amazing. Featuring the seat of the soul, the pineal gland, touched by God. That's so cool. You are very talented. You are very talented, Pilled by the Rabbit. Awesomeness, guys. Okay, all right. Let us get into today's report. And uh, thank you all for joining us again today on this uh, Sandwich Day, Wednesday, August 25th. We've got quite a report for you guys. But as always, President Trump does lead here at the Sea Report. And we have one deft statement from President Trump for today. And uh, it states, Biden is destroying America. His policies have created a living national nightmare. He surrendered our energy independence, sabotaged the economy, surged violent crime, caved to China, crushed our citizens instead of the virus, created the single greatest humiliation in our history in Afghanistan, stranded thousands of our citizens overseas at the whim of the Islamic extremists and left a wide open border to deadly drugs, vicious crime, and unlimited illegal immigration at home. I created the most secure border in history. Biden has created the single most catastrophic border disaster in history by far. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, whom I strongly endorsed for re-election, has just won a major Supreme Court victory against the Biden open border agenda. I congratulate him on this win. Biden was found to have broken the law in terminating the Migrant Protection Protocols, or Remain in Mexico. Now, Biden must reinstate Remain in Mexico, one of my most successful and important programs in securing the border. Other state attorneys general should follow suit and go after every one of Biden's unlawful border and immigration policies. Great statement from President Trump coming out today, and it is perfectly tying into our show tonight. We will talk about the migrant protection protocols that the Supreme Court has just ruled must remain in place here in America. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. We've got a lot of stories for you guys today. We'll, we'll be hopping all around these United States as we, uh, we uh, flesh out our report this evening. And, uh, you know, the only thing I got to say about the Remain in Mexico policy, guys, which obviously I totally advocate for, is Mexico, okay? Because in order for President Trump to make that deal, in order for President Trump to get, um, you know, uh, President Obrador over there in Mexico to agree to that, they had to do some wheeling and dealings. So uh, I am very hopeful that in reinstating this Trump-era policy about, uh, you know, uh, immigrants having to stay in Mexico as their papers were being processed and remaining there until it was their turn to come in. Um, hopefully, hopefully the Mexican government has not changed their colors in that regard. But we will talk about the uh, Remain in Mexico migrant protection protocols in just a bit, ladies and gentlemen. But it was a success, how you would say a win, right? for Americans and for America and for our country and for our constitution and for freedom and liberty, ladies and gentlemen. So very excited to talk about that. Now, as I said, because obviously Afghanistan is still monopolizing every bit of airway, paperway, um, you know, outlet and uh, President Trump statements, 
let's talk a little bit. We'll just touch on this one story real quick uh, that was coming out of Washington, D.C. Now, these two folks, these two, these, these two uh, men, I, 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 I um, you know, kind of kind of hesitate to say gentlemen, uh, but that is a representative Seth Moulton, who is a Democrat out of Massachusetts and Peter Meyer a Republican out of Michigan. Now, these guys actually did a little covert operation and did some investigating of their own over in Afghanistan, okay? Uh, because obviously they felt it was their duty to report. And, and uh, you know, a lot of, uh, oh boy, did they cause a ruckus up in D.C., uh, uh, getting not only the Democrats and the Speaker of their house's panty in a wad, panties in a wad, right? Uh, they even got the Pentagon up in an uproar that they actually went over there to Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, they, they were doing a little bit of reconnaissance, you know, to bring back to the American people. Sounds noble, you know. I mean, I honestly have no opinion otherwise. Uh, just let it be known that these guys are not heroes. Okay, we're talking about uh, we're talking about a Democrat liberal representative over there. You know, you know, uh, you know, one of one of the guys that uh, just doesn't uh, doesn't seem to agree with America. Right. And then, of course, uh, this representative Meyer. Right. Instead of instead of trying to unlock Michigan, instead of trying to uh, help audit the state for all the fraud that happened over there during the 2020 presidential election. Now, keep in mind, this Meyer guy, this rhino, Meyer's a big rhino. He's not a hero just because he went to Afghanistan, just because he's trying to flex his muscles. Right. For the people to bring us back a reconnaissance mission. He if he really cared about America, he would not prevent you know, other members of the House or the Senate from viewing, viewing the evidence that has been submitted to their committees about election fraud in the state of Michigan. He wouldn't be doing it. OK, and then give, putting a gag order on them saying, oh, you can look at the evidence, but you can't talk about it. That's Meyer. That's this loser rhino right here. So, you know what? He, he might be trying to flex his baby muscles and walk his baby balls around the corner. But let me tell you what, guys. This man is a rhino and, and no one should no one should laud him just because he went over to Afghanistan to do a reconnaissance mission in the face of Nancy Piglosi and the Pentagon and, you know, the deep state military industrial comp complex controlled uh, general retired Lloyd Austin. Right. Darth Vader with five masks on. No, you know, General Milley with this hot pink press on nails. No, ladies and gentlemen, not that. So, you know, I don't really care. I have no opinion about these guys going over to Afghanistan personally, but I thought I would share this story with you guys. You know, it, it was a hot tip that came across uh, the news desk early this morning. And, uh, you know, so uh, these guys go over to Afghanistan and in a joint statement, Moulton and Meyer said that their surprise mission was to conduct oversight on the mission to evacuate Americans and our allies. Now, if anything, I would say um, uh, one of the good provisions that came out of their little, you know, uh, James Bond uh, undercover, you know, adventure uh, together was that uh, was that, uh, you know, they they if anyone could provide a little bit more clarity onto what's going on there. And the reason why I say that is because we have so many mixed reports, 
We have so many conflicting reports coming out of Afghanistan. I mean, we have one report saying that the Taliban are shooting people in the airport, and we have another report saying that they're shooting bullets in the air. We have one report saying that the Taliban are beating up reporters, and we have another report saying that they're that they're uh, they're killing people who attack them first. Okay, so I mean, the reports are conflicting. You know, we have one report saying the Taliban are killing women because they cooked terrible, and we have one report saying that uh, they need to go into their homes until they train their extremist uh, Sharia-trained Shia uh, people on how to treat women. Okay, so we got multiple reports. Of course, at this point, it's a wash. Okay, it's a wash. You know, I'm not on the ground in Afghanistan, nor do I speak any of those languages, so I could not even report to you from Afghanistan. I'm just going off. At this point here at the Sea Report, we're just kind of waiting to exhale. <laughs> We're just waiting for the outcome on this entire thing to kind of figure out, you know, it's like once we get the border of the puzzle put together and we start putting everything together and then the picture starts to become clear. Uh, I won't be able to make any assessments on what's going on in Afghanistan until, you know, probably, I don't know, probably a lot sooner than the Biden administration, but uh, probably not too soon at that. So I'm not going to, at this point, I'm not going to try and call it and pretend to know things that I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I will, I will share these stories. Now, like I said, as far as these two jokers going over there and, uh, you know, giving their report on what they found, fine, because if anything, we'll get some clarity from these two yabus that have no idea what the heck they're doing, right? They just, they wanted to go on a little mandate together. <laughs> Get it? Mandate. And so they chose to fly overseas where no one would see them as bunk buddies, you know, over in Afghanistan. So anyways, Moulton and Meyer, uh, go ahead and fly overseas to Afghanistan. Now, here's what they said. As members of Congress, we have a duty to provide oversight on the executive branch. There is no place in the world right now where oversight matters more. Yeah, yeah. For, forget about forget about uh, your state of Michigan, right? And all of the fraud that went over there. Because uh, after all, Matthew DiPerno handed all of that to you guys. And you just chose not to do smack about it, you damn rhino. Okay, now he says, we conducted this visit in secret, speaking about it only after our departure to minimize the risk and disruption to the people on the ground. And because we were there to gather information, not to grandstand, he says, we left on a plane with empty seats, seated in crew-only seats to ensure that nobody who needed a seat would lose one because of our presence. So that's so noble, at least, you know, I mean, they weren't taking one of the refugee seats, but, you know, maybe if they were, they were taking one of the uh, one of the uh, terrorist seats that was, you know, hiding amongst the rest of the refugees that uh, are being allowed into our country without visas anyways. And if they have visas, you know, they printed it out themselves because uh, the State Department just uh, totally went ahead and gave a free pass to every single person in the country of Afghanistan to come to America you know, uh, COVID be damned, right? And uh, and terrorist uh, terrorist affiliation be damned. Come on over. Uh, this country's ripe for the taking right now that Biden is hiding in his basement in his pajamas. Terrible, ladies and gentlemen. I don't need to tell you guys how terrible it is. I'm pretty sure you guys already have a pretty clear picture about uh, the failure of leadership and, uh, you know, what this country is going to succumb to. We'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. We will see what happens. Now, like I said, uh, you know, these guys went over there to do something noble in their own, you know, viewpoint. 
but uh, that came with a lot of ire from the State Department and Pentagon, as well as uh, Piglosi. She was pretty uh, jacked up on this also. Um, let's see, we had a uh, we had a, an individual by the name of Hudson. Now, who the heck is Hudson? Yeah, I didn't keep that note, but apparently he says it cannot be overstated how angry uh, Lord uh, Lord Lloyd Austin is over at the Pentagon and the State Department officials at these two yahoos for flying over to Afghanistan in the middle of an evacuation. Now, apparently, these guys didn't get that they uh, that they were in um, flight attendant flight crew seats only because they're like it's a uh, it, they're taking seats away from Americans. Uh, really? Okay. So what you're trying to say is that because these two Americans are flying on a plane to Afghanistan, that we have to forfeit the seats of other two Americans? Uh, why don't we forfeit the seats of several Afghani's? Uh, you know who belong there in that country, right? Uh, why don't we let them stay and we focus on getting Americans out first, right? You know, I mean that seems to be the reasonable thing to do. Uh, but it doesn't seem to be the thing that uh, the Biden administration or his puppet masters or whomever it is that are pulling his strings and calling the shots want to do. You know, that's what that, it just doesn't seem like it. So I don't know. Piglosi says, given the urgency of this situation, she says this between sips of vodka, right? The desire of some members to travel to Afghanistan and the surrounding areas is understandable and reflective of the high priority that we place on the lives of those on the ground. Member travel to Afghanistan and the surrounding countries would unnecessarily divert needed resources from the priority mission of safely and expeditiously evacuating America and Afghans at risk from Afghanistan. I think what she meant to say was at risk from the Taliban, right? Right. Is that what you meant, Piglosi? Not at risk from Afghanistan? Because isn't it not the Afghanistani uh, installed Western-backed globalist government that you want to save, right, for the land of Afghanistan? Anyways, technicality, I guess. But uh, that's all I got from you guys out of Afghanistan today. I mean, at this point, if we share any stories from you, it's gonna be about it's gonna be about American engagement over there, not so much about uh, about the the exploits of the Taliban. Like, have you did you see it? You know, you know when I see all of the headlines coming out about the Taliban, it, it's, it, it sounds like a South Park episode to me. You know, like, oh, the Taliban are licking ice cream. Oh, the Taliban are planting a flag and, you know, making fun of Iwo Jima. Like, what was the latest? There was another one with, the oh, the Taliban are fighting climate change. <laughs> I'm like, are we watching an episode of South Park? How does life imitate art like this <laughs> in America? right now in 2021 it makes no sense it's it's like the taliban are big south park fans and they're like oh those durka durkas <laughs> there they go again making fun of america dang i mean it's i mean it's funny to watch y'all <laughs> it is funny to watch i'm telling you guys like what is up with this uh this this reality stream that we're living in what what is up with this this plane that we're on of existence where uh where everyone looks like a ninja and the taliban are licking ice cream and fighting climate change. <laughs> I don't get it, guys. I'm enjoying it, but I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> I don't get it. Wow. 
All right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, students of history, eat your heart out, guys, because this is one for the books. All right. Let's talk about the Pennsylvania audit now. Here's some updates. Like I was telling you guys, it's all drama up there in the state of Pennsylvania. All drama. All drama. Okay. Uh, all right. Now let's let's catch up real quick, guys. Like we know that uh, the people of Pennsylvania have fought long and hard. You know, they did uh, they did their due diligence. They filled out the petitions. Uh, you know, they got a Pennsylvania audit on the books. All right. And that's not to say that it's not without the work of one Senator Doug Mastriano. Now, Doug Mastriano was there in the trenches from the jump, right? Back when they were doing the hearings of the elections in Pennsylvania post, uh, you know, um, November 3rd, uh, was that and around December-ish of last year. And they had the hearings there and Rudy Giuliani and Trump's legal team were all there fighting it out, presenting the evidence, giving the affidavits, right? And then that was a wash, of course. That was a wash. Because let's not forget that Senate pro tempore, one Jake Corman, and we'll talk a little bit more about him in a minute. He was the one that uh, went ahead and certified the election, right? You know, you know, like, you know, they were okay with it. They, they didn't want to hear anything about this hearing, right, on election fraud that was being presented to them and their committees. And, uh, you know, so um, the, the people of, of Pennsylvania, they, they moved forward with trying to pursue this. And then, of course, let's not forget about the primaries in Fulton County, where the machines were doing pretty wacky things and disenfranchising conservative voters. And uh, and those, of course, are Dominion-backed machines, right? And so uh, with that happening, well, you know, an audit has just bound to happen. Now, like in any state uh, that was amongst the five or six most contention states, of course, they did their own little, you know, um, uh, uh, Secretary of State run audit of the 2020 election where they uh, cherry picked, you know, ballots at random, not a full forensic, you know, uh, they basically did glorified recounts. That's all that was going on in all of the states. That's what they did. And then when that didn't work, they got uh, they got um, they got certified election uh, certified election representatives to audit the states come to find out that, you know, uh, STI and pro VNV, uh, all they are certified to do is to certify the machines. Okay. That's all that they are certified to do. They are not certified to do election audits, forensic or otherwise by any means, but you know, you know, a sleight of the hand, you know, pu pull the wool over the eyes of Americans and, and just say that they're certified. As long as you say the word certification, the people of America will believe you and our pundits will have a talking point to run conservative and America first people's point of view into the ground. And it seemed to work until now, you know, and that's what all these audits have looked like. OK, now, since that time that they had the petitions filled out and uh, the voice of the Pennsylvanian people really shined in their opinion in regards to having these audits. Um, uh, Doug Mastriano has been on the ground, has been leading the charge. He's been like a bulldog on this, guys, right? You know, they had a rally, uh, what, last Tuesday, I believe it was, for election integrity and audits in their state, you know? Uh, and that was just, that was just, you know, the top of the mountain for them, guys. Like, uh, uh, Doug Mastriano has been doing a lot of work. You know, he began election efforts for this audit in early July. Now, this version of the audit in early July, uh, he requested uh, he requested voting materials from Tioga County, York County and Philadelphia County. Right. 
And if you guys remember, it was at that point that the uh, Secretary of Snakes, uh, de, Graf de Graffenreed, I think is her name, Veronica de Graffenreed, she's an acting Secretary of State. She's never going to get... She's never going to get uh, confirmed, guys. After this entire debacle, this acting Secretary of Snakes in Pennsylvania, she will never be confirmed by Senate or House in the state of uh, Pennsylvania. I guarantee it, right? But uh, this Secretary of Snakes tells all of the counties in Pennsylvania, if you turn over your voting materials, she's talking most specifically about the voting machines, right? If you turn any of your materials over to, uh, over to the Senate, um, um, or a third party auditor, which, you know, would be appointed by the Senate committee, which is being headed by Doug Mastriano, or should I say was being headed by Doug Mastriano, then she will decertify the machines and it will be at cost to the counties to replace them, right? So obviously the counties are then and there not going to hand over their election materials because they don't have enough money. They don't have millions of dollars to spend on another round of Dominion voting machines, right? So uh, that was a big, that was a big, um, you know, um, uh, hard stop for Doug Mastriano's, um, you know, um, attempts to get this uh, forensic audit moving, okay? So that is at the point that we were at, and Doug Mastriano was previously trying to get his committee together to vote on an approval for subpoenas against the counties so that they would be forced to. Now, keep in mind, at this point, Fulton County, who had this whole big debacle during their primaries in May, they already turned their machines over to the Senate for a forensic audit. Now we'll hold Fulton County there because they're going to come up in the story later on, guys. But they had already turned in their machines. And, and after which the Secretary of Snakes was like, well, if you do that, I'm going to certify your, your machines. You know, she was like, uh, you ain't going to send those machines over to uh, one Doug Mastriano, right? So that's where we leave off on that. Now, that's where we pick up, actually. That's where we pick up because about a week ago now, about a week ago, um, um, Mastriano made claims that Senate pro tempore, again, Jake Corman, let me see, do I have, that's him right there. That's the rhino pro tempore Republican rhino um, over there in Pennsylvania, lead of the Senate, uh, Jake Corman. Mastriano claimed has continuously stonewalled his investigations and uh, audit attempts in the state of Pennsylvania, right? Like, you know, Mastriano is trying to do his due diligence. Mastriano was over there in Arizona reviewing the audit of the elections, doing what he can do to, uh, you know, not only save the country, and I'm pretty sure it was on him as well, but also because that's what his constituents want, right? That's what the people of Pennsylvania want, okay? Now, uh, uh, most most recently, when uh, Senator Doug Mastriano was trying to get his committee together to vote on whether or not they would issue subpoenas, this man, Jake, uh, Jake Corman, right, he actually uh, canceled and, and blocked Mastriano and his committee from meeting in uh, the um, uh, Pennsylvania Legislative House to rule on whether or not they would get the subpoenas done, okay? So that was one thing right there. Like, right away, uh, red flags, right? Like, why is it that this man who controls the keys to the committee rooms is not allowing them access to have this meeting? Like, what's going on there, Jake Corman, okay? Like, why would, why would you be doing that if you're so for election audits? Now, uh, 
Not only did Corman do that, Corman also fired all of Senator Mastriano's staff, okay? And he stripped Mastriano of his committee, all right? He stripped Mastriano of his committee, leaving it extremely difficult for Senator Mastriano to get anything done, right? And then after that, just to add a little bit of salt in the wound, Jake Corman went ahead and he hijacked Doug Mastriano's efforts to perform this audit in the state of Pennsylvania. Now, Jake Corman, Senator Corman, is a, another rhino. He's another Democrat in, you know, Republican clothing, right? Touting off that he is, you know, for election integrity, right? And that that's what, that's what he wants, right? That we have to secure the Pennsylvania elections, but he slow walked every bit of it and stonewalled it at every turn for those who are trying to pursue um, uh, the integrity of elections. Now, um, he has been repeatedly cited to have been doing these things right now. Even President Trump, in one of his statements that we read, I think it was within the last month, you know, went after uh, after Corman. You know, Trump and his allies have held up that Corman is an obstacle. And, and, and even Trump made a statement that said Corman is fighting as though he were a radical left Democrat. And even Democrats in the state of Pennsylvania have said that Corman is too cowardly to stand up to right wing conspiracy theories about the election, meaning that Jake Corman has no backbone and he's probably probably listening to something in his ear or maybe a little devil on his shoulder that is not allowing him to move forward with election audits in the state of Pennsylvania. Now. Let's check out part one of the drama. Doug Mastriano, Senator Mastriano, appeared on Steve Bannon's war room and he talked a little bit about some of what is going on. So uh, let's check out what he had to say. And uh, this is just uh, part one of the drama going on in the state of Pennsylvania. In your country, right, in some of those dangerous places in the world, you've come back and now you're serving your country again in political office and sometimes it's, it's it's hard to tell i know which what sometimes is rougher uh this committee talked to the words that everybody wants to know where are we on the full forensic audit of the commonwealth of pennsylvania sir yeah thank you steve for this chance to lay it out there yeah so you're right after 30 years of active duty i retired never wanted to run for office wanted to <laughs> did that most of my whole life and I had the uh, nice job lined up, lined up to ride off in sunset, but I was really heartbroken that the country was in pretty bad shape. So I figured I'd try to make a difference in office. And it's been aggravating and frustrating, to say the least. So, okay, where we are in this audit here, I'm hearing from a lot of people, where are the subpoenas? I'll, I'll tell you what's going on straight up. And uh, it does my heart no good to have to do this, but I, I've been boxed in by uh, Senate leadership in Pennsylvania. And just as an aside, I, I did see a discussion yesterday about uh, the uh, Republican uh, the leader in Pennsylvania, Lawrence Davis, he's got nothing to do with this. He supports the audit, but he, you know, but he has no say in this whole thing. It's a Pennsylvania Republican Senate initiative. So on the 7th of July, uh, six weeks ago, I sent a letter as a, a chairperson of a standing committee, Intergovernmental Operations Committee, to three counties, asking for them to uh, willingly submit to a forensic investigation. They had until the 31st of July to comply. And obviously, the county wanted a subpoena. That's no problem. I, 
I think if I was a county commissioner, I'd want a subpoena as well. That's fine. Give them a legal coverage. Okay, so uh, next step then was a voting session in person in Harrisburg of my committee. We had planned on sunshining. There's a law in Pennsylvania, good law, that any meeting had to be sunshine 24 hours before the meeting. And we had we had reserved a hearing room in the capital of Harrisburg where they broadcast, where it's done legally. And then uh, we had planned on sunshining the meeting with the committee on the 5th of August and then conducting a vote on the subpoenas on the 6th of August. Everything was lined up, looking good. Everything was on time. We had been working with, with the Senate leadership on a lot of the questions on our approach. Hundreds of hours invested in brief briefings and presentations to the leadership. Seems there's a lot of questions still. You know, Arizona had led the way, but there's still a lot of issues. And so we were working through some uh, some various issues, no problem. But there should be no reason to stop the subpoena. And as we're about this, the sunshine, and suddenly I start getting calls from uh, the members of my committee that they received a call from Senator Jake Foreman that the uh, voting session of the committee was canceled. Never bothered to tell me about it. You know, as the leader of the Senate, I would have had no problem had he called me up and said, Doug, you know, I got a lot of problems here. You know, well, let's stop. Let's wait. Didn't have the courtesy to call me up. So called the Republican members, told them it was off. And then they took away uh, the, the, the hearing room for the voting session committee because obviously the leadership uh, in Harrisburg, they, uh, they run the schedules on those rooms and basically locked me out of those rooms. That, that's hyperbole there. They took away my reservations. So I couldn't even conduct a, a voting session if I wanted to. And if I wanted to go ahead, regardless of what the Senate leader told my members, that was just physically taken off the table. Okay, so this is dragging on. What's the problem? Well, we have more questions. All right, so lots and lots of discussions with the Senate leadership staff and then with the leaders, Senator Kim Ward and Senator Jake Foreman. Uh, and then six weeks on, working in good faith with them, I'm, I'm no closer to having a voting session in my hearing than I was six weeks ago. And so that's why I need the people of Pennsylvania to know what's going on. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And so I believe it's important that we all need to know <clears throat> The kind of games that go on in Harrisburg. I, I find it disgraceful that they would do this to a senator elected with about 70% of the vote in his district here. I mean, that's irrelevant. Any senator, that the unprecedented move of taking away a hearing session and, and then behind his back telling the members that the vote was off and uh, that this could happen in Pennsylvania to any senator is reprehensible. And that I, I you know, look, this this is not posturing or anything. This, this is simple facts here. We need to get the darn forensic investigation done and kicking this down the road and finding another excuse to delay it is just a waste of time and uh, I, I, this, I share yeah. the outrage of people of Pennsylvania that, that this is just taking too darn long <clears throat> now let me let me let me just make some observations here particularly in a the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania with Valley Forge in Gettysburg and, and also Philadelphia right and also the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, where, where, where the, where the uh, Christmas strike uh, of Washington, right, took place against the Hessians. Some of the greatest military valor, the sons and daughters over in Afghanistan today from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. This is not just a lack of respect to you, which is unbelievable, and a lack of respect to the uniform you wore, which is unbelievable. This is a direct lack of respect for the working men and women in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And this is kind of games, you know, this is why Pennsylvania is a red state, a bright red state. The only reason 
that we don't control everything is they've allowed the Philadelphia and other places to be stolen year after year. You know why? Because it didn't have people that had guts like Doug Mastriano after serving his country for 30 years to stand up to it. You got too many worms. You got too many of these politicians just want to get along and get their donors and cut the deals and all that. That day is over. This is an outrage. This is a lack of respect to the people of Pennsylvania. This is a lack of respect to the MAGA movement. This is a lack of respect to President Donald J. the 45th President of the United States. We need a reckoning. Okay? This thing's spinning out of control because there was no they were not held accountable. The tech oligarchs, the media oligarchs, the Wall Street faction, the global corporations, the people that took those jobs and factories out of Pennsylvania and shipped them to China. They're the ones that brought this on us. And seven months into it, it's spinning out of control on the world stage. The, the only question before us today is how the American people that stop, how do you cauterize this and stop permanent damage? And the number one way we do it is get to the bottom of November 3rd. Corman's got no place to hide. Ward's got no place to hide. You're not going to be able to hide. Okay? You're not going to be able to hide and play your games and call people and stop the thing. Those days are over. And people are calling up saying, oh, this is so terrible. All these guys from the War McConnell office, hey, they're going to call the office and put pressure and expose you for the phonies you are. And look, I hear Tapas and the RNCs, and I know. Well, he should be in a microphone. I don't hear he's got any power. He's the head of the GOP. He should be banging. He should be up there in Harrisburg every day outside with a protest sign. Or say we're going to cut you off for money and not out putting up stuff on, on Win Red that's all set to raise money saying how much you're going to do voter integrity. The bait and switch is over. People are tired of it, and we don't have time for it anymore. Look what's happening to our country. There's an invasion on the southern border. They're about to blow up the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve. They're going to condemn generations of kids in this country to financial slavery. Okay? And what are we doing? We're playing games. Oh, we're not telling people. Corman, game's over. Okay? Games are over. Senator Mastriani, your, your patience, and by the way, if it was not for Doug Mastriani having the courage and guts in Gettysburg to have Rudy and people come up here, we wouldn't have Arizona today. We wouldn't have Fulton County about to go into receivership. None of it would have happened if it had been for Mastriani, who was mocked and ridiculed and wouldn't give him a room in Harrisburg, had to go to Gettysburg into a hotel. Well, listen, that hotel is about to deliver that report today. That hotel room is about to have Fulton County put in receivership. All the lies and misrepresentations in Wisconsin and Michigan that people know, because one of the reasons he's imploding is the people waking up to the fact that he's not legitimate. And they understand something went on and we can't go forward as a country, as a republic, till we get to the bottom of 3 November. And Corman, if you don't understand that, the people, the good people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania are going to make sure you understand it. Colonel Mastriani, you're a hero. How do people get to you? I, I greatly appreciate you coming on. What do you need people to do today? To call Corman's office, to email his office? Yeah, is, that and, where, and, is that what we need? Yeah, and my emotions are high in this too here. We obviously respectfully engage and, and discuss with, with uh, Dave Corman and Kim Ward that this needs to happen and, and stop kicking it down the road. You know, this is how petty it's become. And so, you know, I'm hearing from the, the senior staff there that, that they're, they're kicking around the idea of stripping me of my committee chair. And that they're threatening to fire my staff so I can't serve my constituents. This is how ridiculous it's yeah. got. Yeah. What's the Why don't we do Let's dare let's dare let's dare him to do that. Let's dare him to do that. I, I by the way, don't think Corman, don't think we don't know what motivated you last time. Okay? We understand that. So yes, color inside the lines, call, you know, be be polite, stay classy. 
but this is going to be it's going to be stay classy, but it's going to be relentless. Because guess what? We found the problem. The problems, the, the, the not just running the establishment. They're part of the uniparty. They don't want to kick the can there. They hope you forget it. They hope they think you're dumb enough and lazy and 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 so distracted with the with the pro wrestling that's in the foreground that you'll you'll forget what's important. You'll go along. They'll cut their deals in Harrisburg. They'll carve up the carcass of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. That's what they'll do. Colonel Mastriana, how do people get to you today? Social media. Just go uh, to my Facebook page of Senator Doug Mastriano, and we're there. We're also on Twitter, same name. You know, you're right, Steve. Pennsylvania deserves better. We are the Keystone State. William Penn said we'd be the seat of the nation. We were. That was revoked 58 years after his death in 1776 for a life of liberty, which was any country that's free around the world. It's, it's because of that one day in July 1776. But, and then, of course, we broke freedom in 1863. And then even 9-11, it changed to flight 93. And this legacy that we have, we deserve better. And he's game to stop. I'm tired of it. It's more than Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Colonel Mastriani, thank you very much. You're a hero. Valley Forge, Gettysburg. Okay? That's the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. All right, guys. So there you go. There you have it. That's that's round one of what's going on over there. And uh, you heard what uh, Doug Mastriano said himself. Now, they, they fired his staff. You know, they, they stripped him of his committee chair. Now, here's the thing about it, though. Um, uh, was, was, um, what's his face? Uh, Jake Corman. Okay. Jake Corman. Okay. Now, after all of this was happening to Mastriano, Mastriano did go on his Facebook, right? And he did say, you know, the powers that be have blocked me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so I guess essentially... Uh, this this Jake Corman took that as a white flag surrender, right? And and took it upon himself uh, to then say that Mastriano has quit. Mastriano does not want to move forward with the audit, right? And totally replaced that optic onto uh, the responsibility of Mastriano, right? Now, Corman removed Mastriano with those words, right? Corman Corman stated, Corman stated, and I quoteth. We remain committed to conducting a full investigatory audit of recent elections to improve our election system going forward. Mastriano was only ever interested in politics and showmanship and not actually getting things done. It is deeply disappointing that Senator Mastriano has retreated, okay? He put the blame on Mastriano for no longer being in charge of this audit, all right? He says, it's a shame and disappointing that Mastriano has retreated from conducting a forensic investigation of the election in Pennsylvania, and it is discouraging to realize that he was only ever interested in politics and showmanship and not actually getting things done. Okay, so Mastriano, I mean, uh, Corman was essentially saying that Mastriano was a poetaster, that he was a fake and that he only wanted to be in the spotlight and he had no apps he had no desire to move forward with this audit now that sounds like a classic case of liberal democrat progressive communist bait and switch projection where corman is then projecting his own sins onto mastriano okay because we all know that mastriano was in it from the beginning okay and that mastriano had the resolve to move forward with this. And if you guys listen to this interview here, Mastriano is solid, right? The conviction is there. His resolve has been met. His he he is unwavering 
in his delivery, okay? It's, it's because he is speaking from conviction, from his heart, from his soul. You know, I'm not just boosting up Mastriano, but we all know from what we have seen from the jump with Pennsylvania going all the way back to December that Mastriano was a workhorse at getting this done, plowing the fields of the Keystone State to get those constituents going in the right direction. All right. Now, what uh, what Corman has done is he has removed Mastriano from the audit investigation and he's replaced him with this man. This is uh, one Senator Chris Dush. Okay. Now, if you ask me, this guy looks creepy as hell, right? And I'm not just judging him on his appearance. No, I am just judging him on his appearance. Looks creepy to me, okay? But he's replaced him with this guy, right? This is going to be Senator Corman's man in the ring. Now, interesting enough, you know, Mastriano did say some, some, he did make some statements to the effect that, you know, he was betrayed. Now, this guy was actually part of the delegation that uh, was from Pennsylvania that went over to Arizona. So, you know, uh, Chris Dush did go over to Arizona with Doug Mastriano and he reviewed the election audit there by Cyber Ninjas in Maricopa County. Now, where Chris Dush is going to land in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. For I mean, to me, it seems like Dush might actually just be a useful idiot and a puppet. But I can't say that for sure at this point. All I know is the intentions of one Senate pro tempore, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, Jake Corman does not feel good at all. It does not feel good at all. What What we got going on here does not feel good. I have no confidence and no faith in Jake Corman to do what he says and to follow through, right? And follow through is more than 50% of getting across the finish line, you know? And so, so other than replacing the blame on Mastriano and saying Mastriano is the one who bowed out, Mastriano is the one who decided not to follow through. He retreated with his tail tucked between his legs. Uh, it, it appears that there was also a difference of opinion on how they should uh, follow through with this audit, the direction that the audit would take okay because they're all afraid about litigation they're all afraid that's that you know that uh that uh um uh, perkins coy and you know a hundred other attorneys are going to descend upon pennsylvania and you know make their life a living hell they're all afraid that uh you know people are going to come in here they're afraid they're going to get attacked by the media like that's what it boils down to they're afraid of they they, they are so particular about how they're going to move forward they want to make sure that they follow the secretary of snakes guidelines they want to make sure that they're fair to the democrats they want to make sure that they're fair to the rest of America that thinks that these are frauds. They don't want to take the heat. So they're very, they, there was difference of opinion about how they're going to move forward with this election, this, uh, this audit, election audit between Mastriano and, and Corman. Corman was just taking it too. He was like, let's get the materials from the counties. If they don't want to give them to us, then let's subpoena them and we're going to move forward with that. And, and of course, Corman and his 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 uh, gaggle of rhinos are shaking in their boots that they're going to face litigation and the wrath of, you know, the DNC and of the federal government and of the State Department and the DOJ. Right. They're afraid of all of that. And that's why they're shaking in their boots. And now Corman has hijacked the entire audit process from Mastriano and his committee. Right. And not only are they concerned about that, but they're also concerned about how they're going to fund this audit. Because after all, they don't want to use any third party, dark money, private citizens money to fund this because uh, that might look bad on the Senate in Pennsylvania. Right. It's all saving face here with these guys and it's all fake.
And I think that there's probably a little bit more behind it than just that. I have a feeling that they're actually listening to their listening to their handlers here is what I think. Like, like I said at the beginning of this, guys, we're in rhino hunting season and these rhinos, these rhinos can't show their true colors. They're being forced to step up to the plate and they will be fully exposed in the end, ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and call it a blessing because if it weren't for the way things went down on election day and and on you know electoral cast day you know if it didn't go down that way then these rhinos would still be in place but don't forget what i said ladies and gentlemen we are at a point in history where the american people who are awake those who are awake there are enough of us and we are effective and we are paying attention and and Corman thinks that he's going to get away with this. We're watching you, Corman. Now, now here's the thing. Every single article in the independence that I have been reading have just hammered Corman's contact information and stuff out there. But like I said, like I said, Corman decided to get on Bannon's show after Doug Mastriano made this appearance. Now, like I said, guys. Mastriano, he was steady, man. He was steady on, guys. Steady on. You know, resolve, not wavering, nothing. Now, guys, listen to the words of Jake Corman and tell me that this is not a rat. Tell me that this is not a rhino who's quivering in his Republican clothes this Democrat in disguise. Listen to listen to Mastriano. I mean, listen to Corman on on. Um, there's the snake right there himself, the rhino in in uh, in in full view. Listen to him on Bannon's show. He calls into Bannon's show to rebut against Mastriano. And he is shaking, he is not confident, and he's stumbling over his own words. He's speaking like a true con man who has to step up to the plate, who's been forced. They forced his hand, right? They're like, all right, Mastriano, it's time for you. You're up on stage next. Let, let's see how good at acting you are. And he fails. He sounds like a scared person who has no conviction for what he's doing and is only doing it because he's being told to do it. At least that's what I think about this conversation. Uh, when Jake Corman decides to call into Bannon's war room, let's hear what happens. A little programming shift. We've got Senator Jay Corman from Pennsylvania has now uh, changed his day around and joined the show. Uh, Senator Corman, thank you very much. Senator Corman, here's kind of the question we've got. It was your letter uh, that went to, it was your letter, let's get that reverb fixed. It was your letter that went to, um, I think it was Mitch McConnell and at that time Vice President Pence uh, right before January 6th that said, hey, there's been some problems in Pennsylvania. If you, you got it, we've got to check the process of how these electors were chosen. That was one of the biggest things that people hung their hat on back in early January. And so the question is, since you've had these committee meetings, you had the subcommittee and it's been challenged by Shapiro and the Democrats are just in your face. Do you support the process there to just issue subpoenas like happened in Arizona and is happening down in Georgia to get to the bottom of three November, sir? 100%. Uh, that's been our goal from the beginning uh, is to is to review how this happened. Um, and some of the things that went on with our Secretary of State, with the Wolf Administration, and our Supreme Court, uh, I, you know, asked Senator Mastriano to lead up this charge. I gave him a committee that would support the subpoenas. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he hasn't been able to get to it. Uh, he's, you know, kind of retreated from the issue now, as he said. He, you know, he's asking his persons on me that I'm not for it. I am 100%. So I've asked Senator Chris Dush, who's a former naval uh, 
veteran who's an intelligence who chairs our local government committee uh, to pick up now that Senator Mastriano has decided not to do this. Uh, we're committed well, to it. We're going to do it. We're just going to do it right. Hold, hold, hold on. Hang on a second. So what, by the way, as a former naval officer, I always love supporting naval officers, but on this one, because my daughter's a West Point grad, I, I got to back the Army here. What? what Mastriano, it looks like the system's been done, and here's why it looks like, at least from an outsider's perspective, you got Shapiro sitting there challenging you guys, right? In, in perfect position to issue subpoenas, and let's get to the bottom of it. What wasn't done right, and what needs to be done right, so that you can have the backup people, and let's just get this done? What what has to happen? You, 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 what you hasn't happened? You just put your finger on it. You know, in Pennsylvania, we have a Democrat Attorney General, we have a Democrat Supreme Court. So if we don't do this correctly, or you get tossed down court immediately. Attorney General will go into court, this Democrat Supreme Court will side with them and we'll be out. So even though we have subpoena powers, it can be limited. So we've been planning and trying to guide Senator Mastriano to do this correctly so it will stand legal challenge. Um, he's been difficult to get to the point to be to focus on the logistics. And so that's why now that he decided he doesn't want to do it, uh, we've asked Senator uh, Dush, who chairs our local government committee, to do it. And, and we'll do it correctly so we'll dump in court. Okay, but what do you mean that Senator Mastriano said he doesn't want to chair the committee or he doesn't want to do this? No, he he notified you of that? Uh, no, yeah, he's he gone out publicly saying the last two days that um, that the audit was dead and that uh, he was saying that I was not being helpful to him and getting this audit done. And I just wanted to set the record straight that I'm 100% on board with this and I'm going to get someone to do it. If he doesn't want to do it, as he said the uh, last two days, I'll get someone else to do it. So it's going to get done. Okay. It needs to get done. So, so, uh, the people of Pennsylvania need to have yeah. results of what happened. So, and I just want to reiterate, you're the guy that, that in your position, sent the letter that uh, yeah. was, I think, a very powerful letter at the time. And you laid out the case was saying, hey, you're not trying to flip electors to Trump, but you need to go through the certification process. So what you're saying is that right. it's going to be a different committee, but you've 100% yeah. got their back. And, and your, your thing is you're not going to let Shapiro pull any tricks here to try to stop these subpoenas and take it to the Supreme Court, a Democrat-controlled Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, and you're going to have the back of people to get to the bottom of this. We're, we're going to do everything we can. we got to do it correctly, and that's why I've asked Senator Dush to pick this up. But yes, we are committed to doing it. Okay, Senator Corman, thanks, and thanks for taking time away from the day to jump in here and address right. the war room possibility. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good talking to you. Okay, good talking, sir. Senator Jay Corman, obviously there's some some consternation there. We love Colonel Mastriano. We'll check with him uh, a little bit, but it looks like Senator Corman's committed. Another committee, try to get around Shapiro, and Shapiro can start tweeting, oh, you know, I agree with Bannon that I'm going to stop this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Shapiro talks a big game. We're going to see if he plays a big game, okay? Yeah, guys, what a weasel! What a weasel Corman is, right? Okay, knowing everything that has happened, you know, Jake Corman, you know, taking away the committee room for them to make a vote, uh, stripping Mastriano of of his staff, and he goes on 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 national uh, uh, you know broadcasting systems, and he says that uh, Mastriano doesn't want to do it. Mastriano's given up. Mastriano decided not to do it. Like talk about talk about getting ahead of the lie. Talk about getting ahead of the spin. Like he's 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 getting ahead of it because it's going to come out now. To that effect, ladies and gentlemen, you know, um, uh, Doug Mastriano did actually respond. There's there's good old Doug himself. He responded, ladies and gentlemen, to these bold-faced lies in this statement that we're going to go through right now. Now, this is breaking as of today. 
this is a press release from Senator Doug Mastriano. He responds to false statements made by Senator Jake Corman. In his initial statement on Friday, August 20th, Senator Corman claimed that he was replacing me as lead for the audit because I was retreating, grandstanding, and uninterested in getting things done. Senator Corman is not being honest, and you could hear it in his voice, guys. Senator Corman is not being honest. The truth is we spent months briefing Senator Corman and other leadership on our plan. During those many months, Senator Corman either avoided me or repeatedly stonewall us. On July 6th, I spoke with Senator Corman. During that conversation, I communicated my intent to issue letters to three counties requesting that they cooperate with a forensic investigation of the 2020 general and 2021 primary elections. Senator Corman demanded that I not send those letters. After months of his obstruction, it was time to move forward. The next day, with consent of my committee, I sent the letters. I was done waiting and done letting Corman put the people off to no end. After the expiration of the July 31st compliance, I twice attempted to move forward with subpoenas, but Senator Corman put a stop to it. I scheduled two separate meetings for the purpose of issuing subpoenas to those three counties. The first meeting was scheduled for August 6th, and after Senator Corman blocked that meeting from happening, I rescheduled the meeting for August 18th. Senator Corman's office stopped that meeting from taking place as well. This is obstruction by someone not wanting an audit. If there was someone retreating from an investigation of the 2020 election, it was Senator Corman. While Senator Corman made a 22-year career as a politician, I served for 30 years as a soldier in the United States Army. I served along the Iron Curtain, and I fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. I never retreated in the face of evil, and I was not going to retreat in the face of Corman's repeated attempts to thwart a forensic investigation. Two days after Senator Corman obstructed my August 18th attempt to issue subpoenas, I made the very difficult decision to tell Pennsylvanians the truth about why the forensic investigation was at a standstill. With heavy heart, I appeared on Bannon's war room on Friday, August 20th. Moments after my appearance, Senator Corman nervously called into the same program and announced that he was stripping me of the investigation he'd worked so long and hard to obstruct. Moments after Senator Corman's appearance on that show, I was also informed that he'd stripped me of my committee and he removed my entire Capitol staff, leaving me with no ability to serve my constituents in Harrisburg, a move many of my fellow senators feel was an outrageous and unprecedented move unbecoming of a Senate leader. I don't know why Senator Corman obstructed my investigation for so long or why he has now hijacked it. What I do know is that, ha that if it was up to Senator Corman, there would be no investigation for him to steal. What I also know is that no matter who leads it, the investigation must go forward. I know that the people of Pennsylvania will never settle for a symbolic investigation. They deserve nothing less than a full forensic investigation that gets to the bottom of what happened in 2020 presidential election. And I'll be a relentless voice to make sure that's exactly what happens. I haven't and I will not retreat. The question is why Jake Corman went from 10 months of obstructing a forensic investigation to suddenly hijacking it and maligning the hard work we put into making this happen. The people need answers. Amen.
Senator Doug Mastriano. You're right, guys. He's not going to back down. He is not going to back down, ladies and gentlemen. And so at this point, Corman has lied to the world about uh, Mastriano's retreat. Mastriano has just laid it out plain and clear. He was stripped of his committee and Corman lied to everybody about it. Corman lied to everybody about it. So at this point, ladies and gentlemen, at this point, the audit is going to move forward per Jake Corman's purview. No telling what that will entail, right? The hearings will begin this week in Pennsylvania to review various procedural aspects of how the election was conducted in Pennsylvania, okay? And of course, with the same regard, they're not there to flip the state for anyone or to reinstate anyone or anything like that, but to find out exactly how they can uh, fix uh, any election um, discrepancies that uh, took place during 2020. Now, of course, again, as I mentioned, one of Corman's big questions here, one of his big hangups is the question of money and contractors. How are they going to get the money and uh, who's going to be a contracting for it? You know, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they go back to the uh, machine certifiers, uh, you know, um, uh, pro v and and uh, SLI. Right now, um, again. Uh, they, uh, Corman's office has not been able to answer how to pay for an Arizona style audit without private donations, because after all, Corman can't deal with, you know, any flack coming from the media or his opponents, uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, who's funding these elections, even in the audits, even, even after it's been disclosed, who funded the audits in Arizona? Like everybody knows, like, you know, I told you guys about it in March and uh, they finally admitted who did it in like what, July, you know? And, and so like, with that said, the um, Corman cannot stand up to the heat. Now, here's the funny thing about it though, guys, in the state of Pennsylvania, the Senate Republicans who need this money are already sitting on this money. Uh, according to uh, according to some sources, the Republican controlled legislature has long sat on a reserve of more than one hundred million dollars. Hmm? Right. They have more than one hundred million dollars on reserve in the Senate legislature. Right. In the legislature. And the Senate alone last year reported that they have sixty six million dollars in reserves in their account. So the Pennsylvania Senate already has the money for this audit, okay? Like they spent what? 5.7 million dollars in that uh, arena, right? Even if it's up to 10 million dollars. The Keystone State has the money to fund this audit if they should so desire to. Um and and Corman of course acknowledges some criticism about how the Arizona Senate Republicans selected their contractors, okay? Corman says, we want credibility to what we are doing, all right? We want credibility, says Corman, right? And I think it's important, he says, that we get people involved that did not have ties to anybody, right? So he's already signaling that uh, he's probably not going to hire cyber ninjas for the job, right? And that's what Corman's already saying it, guys. He's already saying it plain and clear. He's going to go hire that uh, that Henry Hari 
that joke of a Sasquatch, uh, you know, over there that, you know, ramped up, you know, the New Hampshire audits and forensically frauded them. Not to mention that he's also in bed with the United Nations, this Harry Harsh, Har, Harry, Harry Hursty, right? That's his name. Harry Hursty, the big Sasquatch faux auditor over there in New Hampshire, you know, who showed the world how to hack a diebold memory card and then told everyone at the uh, forensic audit audit right in new hampshire that uh it's not possible right not possible you can hack it in minutes you know offline and uh, and then you can't do it during an audit like bs right that's who corman's gonna hire he's probably gonna hire harry hursty anyways so uh he says they want credibility right and, and they want to get people involved that don't have ties to anyone of course he's talking about how uh you know uh the the lead uh, over there at uh, cyber ninjas you know he, he happens to be a trump supporter right but 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 apparently doug corman does not have the skin to deal with any of that and uh and so he's already signaling what he's going to do right he says he wants someone that is professional that will do the job so that they can stand behind the results because apparently all the flack that they're getting in arizona is too much to handle for jake corman rhino snake trader period. And that's what I got to say about him. Now let's talk about Fulton County. Okay. Before we move off of Pennsylvania and I'm sorry, guys, I, I have to say, this is probably going to be a show in overdrive tonight. We're probably going to go over a little bit. I can see it happening now. Cause, uh, Man, my gears are grinded, ladies and gentlemen. So Fulton County, now Fulton County had their primaries long about May of this year. And there was several discrepancies that happened with the Dominion voting machines there. And because of those discrepancies, and also because of the uh, PTSD and anxiety and just the bad taste that was left in the mouth of Pennsylvania voters over the 2020 presidential election, they declared, the people, that they wanted this election audit to happen, okay? Because of what happened in 2020 and then also what happened in their primary. They're like, nope, that's it. That's it. We need to have this forensic audit, okay? So Fulton County then turned over their voting uh, materials, election materials, the voting machines for a for an inspection, for an audit, right? Now, now then it happens uh, like a month or two later that uh, Secretary of Snakes, Veronica DeGraffenreid over there in Pennsylvania went forth and told the counties, if you turn over your election materials, we will decertify them. And then you will be responsible for paying for new machines from Dominion, right? Okay, so Fulton County, they went ahead and they turned over their materials well before DeGraffenreid made this mandate, this statement, right, of order, okay? And now they're being penalized. And because they're being penalized, just like DeGraffenreid said, we will decertify your machines and you will have to pay for new machines out of your own, you know, county budget. Well, Fulton County decides to go ahead and sue the state of Pennsylvania over the decertification of these voting machines. Now, there might not be anything, you know, um, uh, of integrity that goes towards this other than the fact that, you know, they're calling out Pennsylvania on a technicality. It's still good to see that a county is standing up against DeGraffenreid and this issuance. And so that's why I thought this story was worth sharing. Now, um, um, Fulton County, uh, it's in Southern Pennsylvania. 
And uh, again, um, you know, they, they are going to have to face this decertification penalty. Now, in a suit filed Wednesday in the Commonwealth Court, Fulton County said it had compiled, it complied with the guidance enforced at the time for the inspection of voting machines by third-party vendors. Okay, the lawsuit also said that Acting Secretary of State Veronica de Graffenried should have re-examined the machines before she decertified them. Oh, a little common sense here comes to the light. You should maybe re-examine these machines before you decertify them to see if they have been tampered with or if they're indeed no longer in good use and service to the people of Fulton County, right? And given that Fulton County had administrative opportunity to appeal her Jan July 20th decision before it took effect, DeGraffenried ordered the county's machines decertified after it had disclosed that it had agreed to request by local Republican lawmakers for an audit last winter. Okay. It came amid former President Donald Trump's uh, claims of the 2020 election being rigged. Of course, we know that it was. Fulton County officials have maintained that Westchester-based software company Wake TSI had agreed not to disturb or manipulate any election equipment and were watched at all times. So Wake TSI guys are the ones that were doing this audit for Fulton County. Wake TSI was also in Arizona during its first, uh, I guess, length of lease before before they left. But but it also came out later on that Wake TSI had a hand in um, in approving the Dominion machines in Pennsylvania, so or certifying them. So uh, you know they were they were kind of like uh, that was kind of a little bit of an ethical for them. You know they need to recuse themselves from participating in an audit in Arizona when they were uh, they were there at the helm in Pennsylvania uh, about Dominion machines. So anyways, just a little bit inside baseball. Um, DeGraffenry told Fulton County officials that the inspection violated state law. Right. And uh, said Wake TSI had no knowledge or expertise in election technology, of course, because they're not certified by the EAC, Election Assistance Committee, which uh, basically certifies vendors who can only certify machines to be in elections. They have no way of uh, of having certification for an election audit. OK, and that is that is the uh, that is the bait and switch that they've been using against the American people and anyone who wants a forensic audit by a third party vendor. So anyways, uh, that's what's going on now in Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen. You have this happening. Uh, you have uh, this power struggle and this fake Jake Corman happening over there uh, within the legislature. And then you also have Fulton County suing the state of Pennsylvania over this uh, decertification penalty that they are facing. So uh, we'll see where that goes. I mean, it could go somewhere, guys, because if Fulton County wins, then that means that uh, uh, based on the entire statement that, uh, you know, the Secretary of Snakes, DeGraff and Reed acting, should have had those machines re-examined before the certification might give a little bit of ammo to the other counties and also to the Senate, should they choose to pursue it, we don't know where this uh, um, audit is going to go now that uh, now that, uh, you know, um, 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 Mastriano has been removed by a lying snake rhino named uh, Jake Corman. So we'll see how that goes, ladies and gentlemen. We will see how that goes. All right. That moves us on to our next story. It'll take us over to the state of Wisconsin before we get there. I'd like to thank uh, WC Cranop, 123SKG, and Country Gal on the Sea for donating the gold pill cookies. 
And also, uh, this is a Tam Growl for donating the can. And hey, the speaking easy, what's going on there, my friend? Donating a can, also have a drink on the bartender. Thank you for the C report, brother. You are most welcome. And uh, thanks for joining in. Welcome, welcome. Come on in. Uh, you've probably been here for a minute. <laughs> but I've just been going off on a tirade about Jake Corman who's making my blood boil at this point, but thank you guys for the gold pill donations. And also thank you to curious cat for sending some love over to my, um, to my cash app account. Thank you for that. My friend as well. Um, y'all support is a hundred percent appreciated from the bottom of my heart, from my heart to yours. Thank you so much for your support. Now let's get on into Wisconsin Let's get on to Wisconsin and talk a little bit about now what's going on in Wisconsin now. Okay, guys, now Wisconsin has been in play for a minute. We know that there's been a lot of um, a lot of debate debacle uh, going on on whether or not they're going to get an audit going on in the state of Wisconsin. Now, where we left off, right, where we left off, uh, Speaker Robin Voss had actually hired three retired police officers to perform a forensic audit. Like three guys can do an audit forensically of, you know, a county even is totally unimaginable. When you look at the, when you look at the scale of Maricopa County, Arizona, and what it took for them to do a forensic audit. If you even look at the example of voter GA in Georgia, trying to audit the ballots in Fulton County, Georgia, forensically, it's a massive job. But uh, Speaker Robin Voss was like, well, I'll just hire three retired police officers and they can do it. And then two of them dropped out. And after that happened, it went to the purview of some uh, Supreme Court hack to do an audit of the election, to do an examination, right? Right. Sounds like, uh, sounds like, uh, sounds like, uh, you know, Speaker Robin Voss, Republican over there. Another rhino, guys. Here we go, guys. The rhinos who have been hiding in plain view are now being forced into the spotlight. They're being forced into the spotlight for the rest of us to behold their rhino glory and see exactly how they mismanage these tasks that the people want them to perform. Okay, so Speaker Robin Voss, Rhino, we've talked about him before here at the Sea Report. We have talked about Speaker Voss and Wisconsin at length here at the Sea Report. Okay, but now in a strange turn of events, one Speaker Robin Voss, that's the loser Rhino right there, has decided to go forward with a forensic audit in the state of uh, Wisconsin. Now, like I said, where we left off, where we left off. They were wrangling up county by county by county to go ahead and move forward with a forensic audit. Now, you know, I think where we were at last time, we were somewhere around like uh, 15 or 16 counties who were totally on board with doing a forensic audit in Wisconsin. So that's what's really exciting about Wisconsin is that it's not just a single county that wants to do a forensic audit. We're talking about the entire state of Wisconsin. Like in Arizona, it was just Maricopa County. Granted, that's like 60% of the vote or more, more in Arizona, you know, in Maricopa County. But here, here it was starting off with Brown County and Milwaukee County in Wisconsin. Those two counties, they are calling for a forensic audit. You remember Representative Branchin, Janelle Branchin? She's the one who was pushing this in her committee, right? And, and, and President Trump praised her for her efforts. But then it ends up being county by county. Okay, like counties 
are all agreeing. It's it's exciting, guys. Like Wisconsin's looking at a entire state audit, not just the Milwaukee. I keep saying Milwaukee Five, not just the Wisconsin Five. Milwaukee, Racine, Green Bay, uh, Kenosha, and uh, who's the last one? Green Bay, Racine, Kenosha, Milwaukee, and uh, and. Uh, did I say Kenosha? There's one more. I can't remember. Okay, one more. Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha, Green Bay, and, and ah, who's the last one? I cannot remember the last. There's five of them, guys. It'll come to me. It'll come to me in a minute. Or if you know, pop it into the chat. Okay. It's the Milwaukee Five. We've talked about them. Okay. I mean, the, the Wisconsin Five. Okay. So, okay. Okay. To get back on track, right? So, like we were, we were around like, I don't know, like 19 counties with 26 possibles. We're up to 31 counties in the state of Wisconsin that want to do a forensic audit. Okay. 31 counties. There's like what, 90 something of them. So they're, they're getting there. Okay. But now we have this rhino, uh, Robin Voss, who's calling for a forensic audit. So this is great. He's the speaker. Great. We're glad you're on board. You know, Robin, uh, you know, you take a plane ride with President Trump to Alabama and all of a sudden you, you seem to be stripped of your rhino-ness, right? Okay. So this is what happened. He, he went, he was on a, he was on a private flight with President Trump to Alabama. That's happened this weekend, right? So after this flight, this rhino speaker of the house in Wisconsin changes his colors, right? Oh, chameleon rhinos, right? You know, I don't, you know, you know, I take faith up to the point that I want to see it happen. But we'll see if these rhinos who are now being put in the spotlight, right? Just like Biden's administration is in the spotlight, you know, by Trump's administration taking a step back and allowing Biden's administration to rule the roost, we have a spotlight shining on them and we see how well President illegitimate joke Biden is doing in the main ring of the circus, right? He's he's performing pretty bad, right? You know, like uh, like like uh, you know, why not why why not just let your enemies destroy themselves, right? That's what we're seeing happening with Biden. Now we're gonna see how uh, Jake Corman does in Pennsylvania, and we're gonna see how Robin Boss does in Wisconsin. All right, rhinos, your numbers up. We're ready to watch you perform. So let's see what Robin Boss does. Now, why am I laying so much? flack on Robin Voss. Well, if you guys have been with me from the beginning of the C report or, you know, been reading the headlines, then you'll know why. Let's talk a little bit about how Robin Voss, the Speaker of the House of Wisconsin, has done when it comes to audits in the state of Wisconsin. Now, back in November, okay, this man has slow walked the audits. Maybe he has not obstructed them, but he's either slow walked them or he's done fake audits. That's what this man has done. Okay. Now, back in November, a couple of days from the election, the Republican House Speaker in Wisconsin ordered a committee to look into fraudulent votes in the election a few days prior. And uh, nothing happened from it, guys. Nothing happened. They, they, there is no record of anything ever coming, no investigation, no report, nada. He called for it because it looks good in a soundbite and on television to his constituents, right? Don't forget, Mr. Voss, we're watching you now. We're watching all of you now, okay? Now, in December of last year, um, you know, Mr. Voss set up a public hearing to discuss the results of the 2020 election in Wisconsin. Tens of thousands of ballots, 140,000 ballots to be uh, to be precise, dropped for illegitimate joke Biden 
the morning of November 4th, right? There was no legitimate explanation for this, but the state certified the state certified the election anyways. So he calls for a hearing, doesn't get any good information, and decides to go ahead and certify it. Now, this hearing from the Republican speaker meant nothing. Nothing happened as a result of the hearing, and the state went on to certify the election for Biden with these unexplained votes included. And, of course, with those votes, Biden was given the state by 20,000 votes. Okay? With 100, you know, 140,000 ballots, illegitimate drop, and Biden only won by 20,000 is what I'm saying is the amazing amount of people that voted for President Trump and the amazing amount of fraud that these guys had to commit just to get Biden over the finish line, guys. And he only took Wisconsin by 20, okay? Of 140,000, that means 120,000 just to just to break even. That's crazy, right, guys? Now, in March, the Wisconsin Assembly ordered an audit of the results of the Wisconsin election, and it was to be performed by state auditors. But, of course, if you have state auditors basically auditing their own job, they won't catch the fraud. Again, it's another glorified recount. To get the fraud, you have to do a forensic audit. All they did was a glorified recount. Good job, Voss. Way to look out. And then, of course, like I said, Voss hired three retired cops to look into the 2020 presidential election, but they will never be able to find the fraud with a staff of three, right? Because, again, they weren't going to do it forensically. There's no telling how these guys were going to do that kind of an audit, right? Now... Let's talk about Rhino Voss's connections to other rhinos, as we presented here at the Sea Report. This uh, rhino, Speaker Voss, also, he went to college. All right. He was roommates with Reince Priebus. Okay. Roommates with Reince Priebus. And we all know what happened to Priebus, right? Trump removed him from his office, right? Trump removed Priebus from the White House. And uh, Priebus was a, a never-Trumper, you know? So that, that's one of uh, that's one of Voss's old bed buddies, right? And uh, he's also bed buddies with a man by the name of Andy Speth, who went on to become Paul Ryan's chief of staff. And everybody knows the daggers that Paul Ryan had in his eyes for President Trump. It's no mystery. Paul Ryan stabbed President Trump in the back, probably multiple times. So those that's the kith and the kin of one Robin Voss. And those are the actions that he took to slow walk any type of audit, any type of audit, not even just a forensic audit, but any type of audit in the state of Wisconsin. So now, now, Robin Voss, the ball is in your court and we are going to be watching how you handle this forensic audit because now he's called for it. Now, reported by NBC15, it says that Wisconsin State Representative Robin Voss traveled by private plane with President Trump and top staff to attend his rally in Alabama Saturday afternoon. According to a press release from State Representative Voss, Voss spent the day sharing with Trump his plans to restore integrity and trust in elections in Wisconsin. Okay. 
Now, according to Voss, Voss said, while our attempts to make common sense election reforms to close loopholes and standardized procedures were vetoed by Governor Evers, like as if though Voss didn't have a hand in slow walking any of those common sense loophole integrity keepers. He says, we have doubled down on our top to bottom investigation by special counsel Justice Michael Gableman. Now, this special counsel Justice Michael Gableman is the man I was telling you that came and stepped in after the, the two of the three retired officers backed away from the forensic audit they were going to perform. Now, Voss says, we will do whatever it takes to help Justice Gableman uncover reports of systemic fraud in our forensic audits. Sounds like a big bunch of hoop, hoop, ha, hubbub, hogwash to me, right? So Voss has stated that he's going to do a forensic audit. Here's his statement. Rah, rah, boom, boom. This is from Voss. Uh, it says, um, uh, Speaker Voss, alongside with Assembly Republicans, released the following statement regarding the election investigation. Assembly Republicans have been working with Justice Gableman to conduct a swift, complete, and thorough investigation. Part of our discussion has been focused on hiring independent co contractors to enhance our efforts. We believe a cyber forensic audit is necessary to ensure this investigation gets to the truth. We will see speaker Voss, if that is going to be the case because like i said already 31 of all of the uh counties in the state of wisconsin there you go there's a little image graphic maybe i should just expand that a little bit more right have decided to move forward with a forensic audit or have at least voted for ad hoc committee for wisconsin's forensic cyber audit turning wisconsin red as of August 25th, 2021, 31 counties have signed on for a cyber forensic audit. They are also hold, holding Speaker Voss accountable, saying uh, that it has been 19 days since Speaker Voss, Senate President Kapenga, and Senate Majority Leader Lamahu, or Lamo, I don't know, Lamahe, Lamaho, have refused to sign the uh, Representative Brant uh, Jen subpoenas to start the full forensic cyber audit. Okay, holding them accountable, holding them accountable. And, and you know, these rhinos are putting, they're, they're getting a lot of fire put under them. They, they are really being called to task. They are being put into the spotlight. And uh, that is for all of us to see exactly how they are going to act moving forward. Are they going to indeed do a genuine forensic audit? of their state or counties, or are they going to put on another horse and pony show in an attempt to pull the wool over the eyes of their constituents, the American people, and give a good talking point for the fake news, lamestream legacy media all around the world, okay? Now, in regards to this, uh, this, this update given by the ad hoc uh, committees there in the state of Wisconsin, uh, they had this update saying uh, Speaker Voss totally changes course and now calls for a cyber forensic audit. The verdict is still out. Will Speaker Voss do it or will he not? The verdict is out, guys. It is out. Uh, it goes on to say, Turning Wisconsin Red map has been updated with 31 counties in the fold. And the map now has the phone numbers of Speaker Voss, Senator Kapenga, and Senator Lamahue to contact for their signature and how many days it's been since the subpoena were dropped for Brown County and Milwaukee counties. Washington County is the latest GOP leadership team to 
help turn Wisconsin red. Updates from other counties are forthcoming shortly. The ad hoc committee met, um, met in emergency session on August 24th and will have some recommendations for the county GOP leadership teams and affiliated groups on how to politely and professionally approach legislators to encourage them to support the full forensic cyber audit the speaker boss is now calling for. Well-respected and independent voting integrity nonprofit organizations, Look Ahead America, recently released their evaluation of the November 3rd, 2020 federal election in Wisconsin, showing, according to their research, that some 157,000 illegal ballots were cast in the election, keeping in mind that uh, Bison only took it by 20,000 votes. And finally, former chief of staff to President Trump, get this, guys, Rince Priebus appeared on one uh, on Real America's Voice yesterday, and Priebus is now also calling for a full cyber forensic audit in Wisconsin. They went on to say that this is also a change in the type of language being used by Priebus. So even. Even Speaker Robin Voss's bed buddy, Rance Priebus, has changed his tune. Would you like to see a snake in action? Let's listen to the rhino talking, right? What, what, is, his, what is his end game? To save the hide of Speaker Robin Voss? I don't know. Okay, I want to bring up Reince Priebus. Reince, we've got to bring it back. The audience's head is blowing up because no one, we haven't had a chance to anybody come in and you explained it in 10 or 12 minutes about what happened in Wisconsin. I have said from day one that Wisconsin is the lowest hanging fruit. And Arizona, by the way, the most corrupt was, was Georgia, the cesspool, Pennsylvania second. But the most clear cut steel is Wisconsin. The reason is the laws there are black letter laws and there's no real room for wiggle room. I understand we got the Supreme Court issue. We're going to get you back to argue about that. But here's what people want to know. What is this investigation? Who's the guy in charge? I know you've been driving this and talking to the president about it. Where do we stand? we got a couple of minutes, right? Walk us through action, action, action. What's going to happen? Because this is an outrage. we got to get in. Mo Brooks, pay attention. This is why we got to get to the bottom of November 3rd. You can't go forward until you get to the bottom of what happened on November 3rd and the legitimacy of Joe Biden. Right, Priebus. If if uh, if Reince Priebus can be in favor of digging into what happened in 2020, so can Mo Brooks, right? Um, first yeah. of all, Mike Gableman, former Supreme Court Justice, um, is in charge now of the investigation. Uh, the Wisconsin Legislature, both the State uh, House uh, and the State Senate, have announced that they're going to fully fund uh, the investigation. Uh, I think the the bill is going to fund about six hundred and eighty thousand at least to start. That's you know in Arizona it was one hundred and fifty thousand. Now they had outside money, but there'll be more outside money coming in to Wisconsin. They're indicating they're going to bring in Dr. Shiva as well to help uh, on the forensic audit. And there are three buckets of things that they need to look at. Um, number one, the issue of ballot harvesting. You can't see if if, if, if someone harvested. 3,000 ballots in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and then brought them to the clerk's office, you can't actually tell whether those ballots were actually the ballots that were taken from the people that they were uh, were, 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 were voting and delivering those ballots.
ballots or whoever was doing the harvesting. Number two, comparing the voter rolls, uh, DOT rolls, voter rolls, all the other public uh, documents for the actual registration roll to make sure that those 200,000 votes that were wiped out uh, a few weeks ago were the, weren't the only problems. And then you need to look at those ballots and forensically observe them to see if, in fact, um, they were the ballots and that they aren't machine created or anything like that. The last thing is this indefinitely confined issue. In Wisconsin, we only had about 10 to 15,000 people that identified as indefinitely confined. These are people that are in nursing homes. They have a lot of problems. They can't communicate. These very limited people that have a lot of problems. Well, we had tens of thousands of people, uh, 200,000 people that identified as indefinitely confined, many of which didn't vote with an identification. Those ballots without identification can be found. Those ballots need to be looked at and observed. And the only way to do that is by looking at and observing all of the ballots so that you can forensically review um, whether this, uh, whether these issues were as bad as we think they are. And that's what the group in Wisconsin is doing, headed by Mike Gableman. I'm told that subpoenas are going to be issued within the next week or two. Right. How about this, mate? Chris Hayes and Richard Manna, write it down. They got their hands on the ballots. We're going to get them in Wisconsin because this is the most outrageous. And we talk about re-canvassing in, in places like Maricopa County, which is happening. We talk about the re-canvassing in Fulton County. The letter that comes from the deputy attorney general that threatens criminal activity, that's your 200,000. That's the billboard that was supposed to be an apartment with 50 people voted. That's the canvas. Remember what Peter Navarro says. It's the canvas, not the count. Okay, as big as bad as these counts are going to be, it's the canvas where you're really going to see the theft. Wisconsin's got tight laws. Ryan's previous has been on this. It's the case of the theory of the clerks. Ryan's, how do people follow you on social media? I'm at uh, Ryan's uh, at Ryan's on Twitter. So I'm one of the few people that can use only his first name and have a Twitter handle uh, in in America. But I'll leave you with one one thing. This is from the Supreme Court in its opinion. And patients Rogan Sachs said a significant portion of the public does not believe that the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election was fairly conducted. Once again, four justices on this court cannot be bothered with addressing what the statutes require to assure that absentee ballots are lawfully cast. That's right from the Supreme Court opinion. This isn't crazy talk. Reince Priebus, thank you very much. Appreciate you coming on and explaining this. Look forward to having you back on here as we find Gableman's a good man. The folks in Wisconsin are on this. Let everybody understand. There's so much going on behind the scenes you don't know. In 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 uh, Corman in Pennsylvania to get the subpoenas out. Uh, and the great work Doug Mastriano did in Georgia, in Wisconsin, obviously in Arizona that's coming. Thank you, Mr. Bannon. I am so happy that Steve Bannon has been on these election audits. Now, if you guys remember, back in March, April, May, Bannon wasn't really talking about it. Didn't take he didn't get on the he did not jump on the bandwagon until about June. But he's been on it, and I'm, I thank you. I thank him for that. I thank you, Mr. Bannon. I thank you for covering this because not many people are. And of course, guys. Like I said, and like you guys know, with this big old false flag, fallout, Biden disaster, distraction happening in Afghanistan right now, these details will be very important. Remember I mentioned the Wisconsin Five, okay? I got it now. It's Milwaukee, Racine, 
Kenosha, Green Bay, and Madison. All right. And now the reason why the Wisconsin Five is so important is because the Wisconsin Five is the very, those are the five uh, cities, municipalities that Zuckerberg's Center for Tech and Civic Life funneled millions of dollars in to prop up the Democrat progressive areas and gave that private money to them specifically to aid them in winning the election. And not only did they do that, but through Zuckerberg's uh, little umbrella center, center on Tech and Civic Life, their little umbrella group, the National Vote From Home Institute, they had one Michael Spitz something or other basically running the elections in those five, the Racine Five, which is a total abdication and violation of municipal charter and also state constitution. The clerk is the one who's supposed to be running those elections. That's why the Wisconsin Five are so important, and it totally relates to our story coming up in a little bit about CTCL kicked out of Florida Ladies and gentlemen, all of these details matter. And so that's why we're going to keep bringing it to you guys until it is done. You know, um, you know, uh, Afghanistan, be damned, right? Afghanistan and that big old distraction, be damned, all right? You know, it's going to take out Biden and it's going to install their next puppet. Let it be, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk a little bit now about Kathy Hochul. Do you guys remember who Kathy Hochul is? This is the new crowned governor of the state of New York. That's right. Nipple rings Cuomo is out. He is gone, ladies and gentlemen, and he's being replaced by a, from what I understand, from what I've heard, she is far more left and radical than Cuomo. Interesting, huh? Now, she used to be a Democrat representative for the state of New York. And she has now since been crowned the governor of New York, you know, in replacement of one nipple rings Cuomo. Now, I don't know about you guys, but she kind of looks like that uh, that female uh, gremlin from Gremlins 2. Look at her. <laughs> She's all... You remember that that you remember that that female gremlin from that it was a trans gremlin my bad it was a trans gremlin the trans gremlin that was trying to marry that loser at the end of the show that's she kind of looks like that look at it again look <laughs> anyways okay so Kathy Hochul why are we talking about Kathy Hochul okay now you know do you guys consider when the democrats and the libtards eat their own a win for the patriots I'm kind of on the fence. It's not like it's like a win by default, kind of, right? It's kind of like a win by default when the the libtards eat their own, like they start like feeding off each other because you know they're losing anyways. Anyways, okay, so uh, okay, Kathy Hochul, she was officially sworn in as uh, New York State's governor. Um, that was yesterday. Now, uh, on yesterday at midnight, which would have been Monday night, midnight, right? Uh, into Tuesday morning, right? That's always kind of confusing for some of us. Uh, that was when um, Cuomo's reign as governor officially ended. And uh, Kathy Hochul then took the place of uh, Andrew Nipplerings Cuomo as the 57th governor of the state of New York. Um, uh, she was uh, uh, she was sworn in uh, during a ceremony at the New York State Capitol 
at midnight on August 24th uh, with presiding Chief Judge Janet DeFiore um, 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 presiding over the ceremony. Now, here's here's now here's really why, you know, I want to talk about Kathy Hochul. Uh, because, like I said, the the liberal, Democrat, progressive, communist eating their own, right? Now, this is actually to the benefit. This is actually to the benefit of the people of the state of New York, okay? Because we all know that this entire sex scandal thing with nipple rings Cuomo was a front. It was a front to take the heat off of the COVID nineteen nursing home death scandal that wherein Governor Cuomo and, you know, his uh, HHS and other people uh, uh, signed the death warrants of thousands, we're talking 15,000, at least 15,000 citizens who resided in extended care, nursing homes, and rehabilitation centers when he put out a mandate that um, these people, that those facilities must take back without question or even testing individuals who have recovered and or may have been recovering from COVID-19 at the heat of this back in March of 2020 and April, right? Okay, so we have this COVID-19 nursing home death scandal rocking New York State, rocking Michigan State, rocking California State, rocking New Jersey and Minnesota, right? Minnesota was left out of the headlines, but they are also, and Washington state also, they were left out of the headlines, but those states have, and Pennsylvania, let's not forget Pennsylvania, right? With that, that weirdo trans Muppet being head of the HHS uh, as a, was a secretary and, and yet pulling out her own mother from a nursing home, but allowing everyone else's mother to die in a nursing home because they have mandates that require them to take back COVID patients into these facilities where people already have a limited life expectancy, compromised immune deficiencies, and other things that are causing them to perish. Now, 15,000 families affected in the state of New York, and it's it's whitewashed, no, no pun intended, no racism intended, by this sex scandal with Governor Cuomo, right? Nipple rings Cuomo, right? Well, Governor Kathy Hochul comes into office, uh, you know, and uh, and and she says that, uh, you know, her office will work with far more transparency than Cuomo's administration did. And uh, she immediately acknowledges once sworn in, she acknowledges that there are nearly 12,000 more deaths in the state of New York than were previously disclosed by the Cuomo administration. Very interesting, guys. So, you know, this is the, this is the uh, the Democrats eating their own, right? Um, and and uh, this is this is a win by default, but I, I will take it as a win nonetheless when we're talking about justice being served for the people of New York for the loss of their loved ones at the hands of this administration that we learned because Cuomo's right-hand girl, one Melissa DeRossi, or DeRossi, that her family has, has controlling interest, stands to make oodles of money from uh, the New York uh, hospital systems that mandated that it goes back in. So, you know, his right-hand woman, his, uh, his, uh, his secretary in charge, Melissa DeRossi, making money, her family and her brother being lobbyists for these uh, um, health systems in the state of 
New York, right? So there's a bunch of money that they st- they stood to make off the federal government, and they did. And we even watched uh, we even watched that segment where uh, where Project Veritas did an entire an entire um, dissection and interviewed funeral directors who themselves admitted that this was a scam for the state to make money off the federal government, and that there were several people even being considered to have died from COVID. So all of that coming together um, in the state of New York and now Governor Kathy Hochul has promised that there will be a greater amount of transparency in the government of New York and has publicized that there are at least 12,000 more deaths from uh, from admittance by the Andrew Nipple Rings Cuomo administration. So we'll see where that goes, guys. Now, now, you know, when you take a step back and look at all of that, what you can figure is what you can figure out is they needed to take Cuomo out and they used the uh, Me Too sexual harassment cases to cover over the COVID-19 nursing home death scandal because, again, if they take Cuomo out for that, they also have to take out Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. They also have to take out Phil Murphy in New Jersey. They also have to take out Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania. And they have to take out Gavin Newsom, Gruesome Newsom over in California and also the governor of Minnesota. Now, from what I understand, the governor over there in Washington, it was a very, uh, how you say, um, it was a very ambiguous term. But nonetheless, uh, uh, though, though it was full of ambiguity, there were still words to the effect that they had to take back patients into these facilities. So that's what's going on there. Now, um, to be sure, we all heard about uh, Governor Andrew Nipple, Nipple Rings Cuomo, like uh, pardoning a bunch of murderers, right? He pardoned a couple of murderers. He pardoned some people that were involved in killing, right? Well, I don't know if you guys caught this one, but uh, apparently uh, Nipple Rings Cuomo, and that's that's Nipple Rings, right? This is the last time we're going to see Nipple Rings Cuomo, maybe, unless... Uh, unless he gets called forth uh, for a hearing or indicted based on his COVID-19 death scandal. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of poking your eyes out with a nipple rings Cuomo. But but then again, that's kind of nipple rings Cuomo poking your eyes out, not me. Aha! Okay, anyways. Okay, so um, let's see here. Um, let's see here. So nipple rings Cuomo. Uh, now, nipple rings Cuomo, uh, before he leaves office... Before he leaves office, he actually grants clemency. He grants clemency to an ex-weather underground terrorist. It's not enough Cuomo that you have to go ahead and pardon some murderers and stuff like that. But now you have to go ahead and grant clemency to a homegrown domestic terrorist from right here in these United States of America, Nipple Rings Cuomo granted clemency on Monday to a former member of the Weather Underground domestic terrorist group who was convicted of murder and robbery. And that's the man. That's his picture from back in 1970-something, right? Um, this is David Gilbert, right? 
Um, he referred to the parole board, 76-year-old David Gilbert, a former activist of the radical left weather underground group who was convicted of a second degree murder and first degree robbery for his participation in the robbery of a Brinks armored truck in Nyack, New York in 1981. Gilbert is one of six people that Cuomo granted clemency on his final day as governor. I don't know. I mean, apparently, <laughs> apparently uh, Cuomo felt that this man was rehabilitated, right? And uh, that he'd shown commitment to his community through his served time in jail. Now, Gilbert was sentenced to 75 years in prison and has already served 40 years for the crimes he committed in which he was the driver, not the murderer, as Cuomo said in a statement, right? This monster saving monsters on its way out. Now, to be sure, the robbery in which Gilbert participated was carried out by members of the Black Liberation Army, right? Trolls in Twitch, take note and the Weather Underground Organization and resulted in the murder of two police officers and one security guard. David Gilbert was a leader of the Weather Underground, which was founded in 1969 as a faction of students for a democratic society, according to Trevor Loudon, whose author and filmmaker um, has researched radical left Marxists and terrorist movements for more than 30 years. The Weather Underground was inspired by communist ideologies and embraced violence and crime as a way to protest the Vietnam War and racism, among other goals, according to a report by the Federal Bureau of Investigations. You know, the same Federal Bureau of Investigations that bankrolls Satanist neo-Nazis in other countries. Now, during the 1970s, the group claimed responsibility for 25 bombings, including the United States Capitol, the Pentagon, the California Attorney General's Office, and a New York City police station. Um, before joining the Weather Underground, uh, David Gilbert was highly active in Students for Democratic Society at Columbia University in New York a left-wing group created during the turbulent 1960s to promote social change. A report commissioned by the New York Criminal Justice Division in 1985 stated that the Brinks robbery was not designed as a terrorist act, but was rather a criminal act carried out by terrorists for the economic gain of their uh, organizations. Okay, giving them a little pass. It wasn't a terrorist act. They weren't doing this for a terrorist reason. But uh, yeah, uh, indeed, guys, um, um, uh, as, it, as it turns out, the wife of David Gilbert, uh, her name is uh, Chessa Bodine. No, 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 I take it back. I take it back. It's Kathy Bodine. Okay. Uh, she was also involved in the Brinks robbery, but she was granted parole in 2003 and uh, she is now a researcher and adjunct professor at the Center for Justice at Columbia University. Oh, the irony of it. Now, why is it that all of these leftist, Marxist, communist wannabes end up teaching in our universities, right? She's an adjunct professor at the Center for Justice at Columbia University, nonetheless. Like, not only is she a terrorist, homegrown, 
with Marxist and communist ideologies, but she's teaching at the Center for Justice. It is entirely, and she was not, she was also a terrorist who was arrested for participating in this crime. And she's working at the Center for Justice. Well, I guess there's no one better to work at the Center for Justice than someone who's been through the system, right? That's insane, guys. What the heck are we living? Uh, it's been said we live in backwards land, but Jesus, and by all means, I don't mean to use a name, but Christ, it's terrible. Anyways, I mean, uh, Cuomo was, you know, criticized for granting this clemency. I mean, after all, it is a betrayal against the people of Nyack, New York, who faced this homegrown terrorism firsthand back in 1981. So anyways, just an interesting story I thought I would share with you guys about Cuomo and his last day out, right? Granting clemency for freaking terrorists. Uh, is that a snub to the state of New York or is that him just, uh, you know, promising to, uh, you know, uh, do something for someone he's paid off? I mean, probably that's what it is. Probably they paid him to do it. All right, guys, let's talk about the state of Florida now. In the state of Florida, uh, we see that um, um, the era of Zuckerbucks has ended. Okay, now. To be sure, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law a bill that would no longer allow the government of Florida to accept private money to assist with elections. Now, like I said, we just talked about it in Wisconsin with the Wisconsin Five, where you had the uh, Center for Tech and Civic Life donating oodles of money to multiple municipalities and counties across these United States of America to assist the Democrat and progressive strongholds in pushing the vote, okay? Now, hold on real quick. Deplora Laura, you know I know you're not a troll, my darling. You know we love you here. I was talking about Red King 31, uh, who apparently is making fun of my appearance for making fun of Kathy Hochul's appearance. Well, Red King 31, all I could say is, God bless you for not using an avatar. But if you did, I would totally understand. And uh, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. But again, I admire your bravery in actually using your face. But uh, let, let's not get too petty here. Deplora Laura, you know we love you and I know you're not a troll, darling. You know I know you're not a troll. You hold the light on over there at Twitch and we appreciate you for that all around. Okay, now getting back into the story about... I just had to say that. You know, I had to give some love. Um, now getting back into the story about, uh, you know, Florida and uh, Zuckerbucks and uh, the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Okay, now... Um, according to this story, the last of three Florida counties that took the grant money from the left-wing activist group that was funded by Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg to help administer the 2020 elections has returned the remaining funds to the group, the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Okay, now, like I said, Ron DeSantis signed into law um, um a, uh, a bill that would grant, uh, that would ban such private grants according to the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Now, we love the Public Interest Legal Foundation here at the Sea Report. PILF, we are fans of PILF here. Now, PILF has made cameo appearances and reports here at the Sea Report since we started, guys. Now, the Public Interest Legal Foundation, they do good work. We'll talk a little bit more of them in a minute, but first, now, 
to be sure. Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, the android, and his wife, Priscilla Chan of China, um, supported President Joe Biden and the Democrat Party candidates and grabbed many headlines during the 2020 presidential election by donating more than $400 million into the Center for Tech and Civic Life. We have talked about the Center for Tech and Civic Life at nauseum here at the Sea Report. In fact, we did an entire expose. We spent about two hours talking about what these guys did to benefit the Democrats during the 2020 presidential election. Now, um, like I said, these guys got involved under the premise that they were going to help make elections more safe during the 2020 presidential run, because after all, uh, COVID-19. So not only did these guys go into every count, almost every county municipality in these United States to fund Democrat areas uh, under the disguise of uh, hiring more staff, of uh, buying mail-in ballot processing machines into buying the ballot box drop-off centers Right. And also uh, hand sanitizer and 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 baby wipes and and masks and and face shields and all the gear that you would need to make sure that you have a safe and sanitary election in 2020. Uh, but but what did, what else did they spend? We talked about this, guys. What else did they spend? What else did these counties and municipalities spend that money on? Right. Well, I'm willing to I'm willing to wager that uh, they spent some of that money in the state of Georgia on buying out, you know, uh, a, a, was it, a, a Ron Freeman, was it, his name is Ron Freeman, uh, Raul Freeman, the guy who was running uh, the Fulton County State Farm Arena uh, election night. I'm willing to, to wager that they paid him a lot of money and, and Wanda and Wanda, uh, Wandrea Moss and Ruby Freeman, right? And Ralph Jones, that was his name, Ralph Jones, right? And I bet you they paid them a lot of money to do what they did, you know, to kick everyone out of State Farm Arena, to, to, to count and double count and quadruple count ballots well into the night with nobody watching, right? And, and, and we have reports, right? We have reports that the, the, these counties also spent money on vans, like vans to, to drive their people around, uh, on paying artists to make rap jingles to promote uh, to promote elections, to paying for advertisement spots, to buying lunch. Like we have the receipts, we've presented them here at the Sea Report. So this money went everywhere. Now, also in that regard, the Center for Tech and Civic Life uh, gave the stipulation to the counties that were taking these grants hey, you can spend all that money, honey. Like they're like, don't return anything to us. Spend it all. Even even afterwards, when they sent out their little uh their little their little surveys on how that money was spent, right? They were like, don't return it. You know, in Wisconsin, they spent all that money. That money was gone in a heartbeat. Wisconsin Five took all of the Center for Tech and Civic Lights money and they went to the bank with it. Right, all of that went away. So. In the uh, state of Florida, you have one Ron DeSantis who has decided that eh, this is not going to happen. We're not going to depend on private money to to fund state elections, particularly if it's partisan. You know, and the big the big hang up here is that the Center of Tech and Civic Life they funded they funneled that money into Democrat areas into progressive areas. This money was not uh, divided evenly 
amongst, you know, different political parties. So how could you say that there was no bias there? When all of the money went to Democrat areas, it did not go to conservative areas. It did not go to third party areas. And that was kind that was actually that was actually the foothold that they were able to move this legislate legislation legislature on uh, um, these bills when we're talking about what they were doing at the state level. Now, Florida's not the only state that has made this move to disallow you know, um, um, agencies like the Silicon money, Silicon Valley money, this uh, Zuckerberg money, you know, from uh, moving into it. But they are definitely one, the one state that has stood their ground and moved on litigation. Now, um, because of the fact that all of the counties involved in Florida turned in their money, but they had three holdouts, right? Three counties were like, uh-uh, we're not under any obligation to return that money, right? They wanted to hold on to that money. They still had money in their coffers from it. They hadn't spent it. And because they chose not to, the uh, Public public Interest Legal Foundation, one of my heroes, PILF, got involved, right? PILF, the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Very good group to know, ladies and gentlemen, very good group to know. These guys are right up there with Judicial Watch when it comes to holding governments accountable. And these guys specialize in election integrity laws. Okay. We've talked about PILF before. They're amongst my heroes. These guys were responsible for getting Pennsylvania to clean out their voter rolls. I think they also did Colorado and California. These guys came to the defense of the Senate in Arizona when the DOJ was breathing down their neck with false litigation, right? Accusing them of false law, fake law, right? PILF, uh, PILF you know, um, um, what is that? Uh, w- without even taking any money, offered their legal counsel to Senate, Karen, uh, Senate President Karen Fan and the state Senate in Arizona. These guys, you want them on your side, guys. They, and they've worked in almost every state working litigation for um, the integrity of elections. Like that's where they specialize. So PILF got involved in Florida because we had three counties that did not want to surrender their Center for Tech and Civic Life money, Zuckerbucks, and uh, and it ended up leading to a victory for them. Now, Indianapolis-based PILF describes itself as the nation's only public interest law firm dedicated wholly to election integrity, saying that it exists to assist states and others to aid the cause of election integrity and fight against lawlessness in American elections. Okay. Now, when it came to Zuckerbucks, Zuckerberg money, it said Zuckerbucks were the biggest factor juicing blue areas in 2020. A private citizen should not be allowed to influence how our elections are run at the Public Interest Legal Foundation. We are proud to have played a role in ensuring that this money will not be spent to influence the Florida elections in 2022. Okay, so cheers to them. Cheers to them over there. Now, um, like I said, Ron DeSantis signed this uh, this uh, election integrity law into effect on May 6th. OK, uh, that was in addition to uh, um, prohibiting or banning ballot harvesting and the use of mass mailing of ballots. All right. In the state of Florida. 
Now it was uh, it, there were three counties that were a holdout to this. Now two counties, Leon County and Alachua County in Florida, they returned the portion of the grants that were not spent to the CTCL, even though CTCL said you can keep it, right? Because they wanted to keep them in their pocket. But uh, they they went ahead and returned that money. It was Palm Beach County in Florida that was the holdout of the three. Pilth sued Palm Beach County, right? Uh, and the county took to the position that there was nothing in the statute that required them or compelled them to return the money to Zuckerberg, right? But Pilth and the county, they went back and forth. And eventually the county changed its position after Pilth pointed out that the county was benefiting from the remaining grant money because it was accruing fake interest. Thank goodness for technicalities, right? So uh, Palm Beach County acknowledged on August 5th um, that they had to return that money. The remaining money from the Center for Tech and Civic Life was in the amount of $612,089.24. And uh, that went back to CTCL and Zuckerberg. So, you know, they're going to get some recoup, but at least election integrity will stand in the state of New York. So thank goodness for that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank goodness for that. All right, guys, we only got about two more stories. We're going to keep on moving along. Two more stories for tonight. Uh, this one is about uh, the Supreme Court ruling that the Remain in Mexico, the Migrant uh, Protection Protocol, will stand in these United States of America. Uh, now, to be sure, uh, the Supreme Court ordered the Biden administration to reinstate the Trump era remain in Mexico policy, which requires people seeking asylum to wait in Mexico until the case is heard. Like I said, guys, we actually have a few wins tonight. We have a few wins, even 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 forcing the rhinos into a forensic audit. I'll consider that a win for now. And then we'll watch their fall from grace when they uh, when it comes out their true intentions. Now, getting back to this case. The Supreme Court wrote in an unsigned order on August 24th that the Biden administration failed to show that it had acted in an arbitrary, it had not acted in an arbitrary and capricious manner when it rescinded the Trump era policy, which was officially called the Migrant Protection Protocol Program that started in 2019. Now, basically the way that the Supreme Court issued this uh, this order, they they fell back on um, a ruling that they used for DACA, right? So when it came to DACA and the Trump administration trying to end it, uh, the Supreme Court found that um, uh, the Trump administration was acting in an arbitrary and capricious manner and really gave no receipts or sauce to the reason why they wanted to repeal DACA. Right. So in that event, when it came to uh, illegitimate joke Biden trying to repeal the remain in Mexico policy, the Supreme Court basically used the same verbiage. You're not proving that you're not acting in an arbitrary and capricious manner, and you're not giving us any details about why it should be removed. So uh, President Select Joe Biden he suspended MPP program in January and the Department of Homeland Security officially terminated the policy in June. So even DHS was going along with the rescindment and the repealing of this uh, of this uh, of this program. Um, and uh, let's see here. 
the United States Supreme Court Judge Matthew uh, Kaxmark, 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 um, he's a Trump's appointee. He subsequently ordered the Biden administration to revive the program, but he stayed the ruling until August 21st. So uh, he told Biden, you got to revive it, but we'll let your order stand until the 21st of August. So you have time to provide for an appeal. Now, a panel for the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit rejected the federal government's arguments on the 19th, finding that the termination of the program has caused an increase in unlawful immigration in Texas, and that uh, Mayorkas did fail to consider several relevant factors, including the benefits of MPP and potential alternatives to the program. Now, the federal government filed an emergency motion to the Supreme Court requesting a stay regarding the ruling in which the Department of Justice said that the Remain in Mexico program has been formally suspended for seven months and largely dormant for almost nine months. So DOJ, DHS did not want this, right? Did not want this. But Associate Justice Samuel Alito he also temporarily blocked the MPP program's reinstatement. So Lito was against it. Um, uh, but just hours before the policy was set to restart, allowing the Biden administration to file more documents and, you know, for appeal, all this stuff. Ultimately, the Supreme Court declined the intervention and uh, they decided to go ahead and reinstate the Remain in Mexico migrant protocol, protection protocols here in these United States of America. And like I said, I think really the only holdover that we're going to see here is uh, the Mexican government, you know, because President Trump had to pull strings to get this going in the first place, right, um, with the Mexican government. But we'll see how that goes. We'll keep an eye on it. But at this point, guys, it's a win, at least according to the law of the land, the MPP program, the Remain in Mexico policy has to stand. And that would mean that effectively... You know, Border Patrol and, and and the likes will have to no longer allow them and fly them into the United States of America. We'll see if that works, guys. We will see if that works. We'll see if it happens. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see if that happens. But now, guys, we turn to our final story of the evening. And I thank you guys again for tuning in tonight and hanging out with us here at the Sea Report and uh, we thank you guys for, uh, you know, being here in body and in spirit. Now, uh, our last story for tonight will take us over to the city of Detroit, where we see that um, you know, there seems to be a lot of uh, corruption going over there. And that is uh, coming to a head. Now, according to a story or a line that I read, they've had like over 130 claims of corruption in the city of Detroit. We know Michigan is pretty corrupt. Uh, Detroit was probably one of the most corrupt centers of fraud and theft during the 2020 presidential election. So what is going on here? It appears that the FBI has raided City Hall and the homes of Democrat city council members in a federal corruption probe. This happened today in the city of Detroit. Uh, where they have uh, city council members Jane Ayers, Ayers and also Scott Benson uh, being arrested under allegations of corruption. Uh, let's take a real quick gander at this report out of Detroit in regards to uh, the story.
We are not here to Listen promote Verbo. I don't think so, baby. All right, let me get this off the screen real quick and then we'll go back. Okay, here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here, here it comes. Here it comes. So let's get to our breaking news as the FBI raised Detroit's City Hall and council members' homes in a corruption probe. And that does top our news this noon. Our focus is this investigation. And the focus of that investigation is unclear right now. The raids constitute the largest federal investigation into city hall corruption in the eight years since former Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick was convicted and sentenced to 28 years in federal prison. You might recall former President Donald Trump commuted Kilpatrick's sentence in January. So what's been happening since then? Let's get to Victor Williams with a closer look at what we're learning and what they may be looking for, Victor. Yes, Rhonda, well, this raid has been going on for hours, quite some time. Right behind me, you'll notice some FBI agents guarding the entrance of the Coleman Young Municipal Center. As we wait for them to come out with any evidence that they find, so far they have already come out with multiple boxes. But we're told that city council members Janae Ayers and Scott Benson are the target of a federal corruption investigation. FBI agents are also executing search warrants at the homes of these city council members as well. Well, take a look at some of the video caught right on the scene. Now, what caused these raids to take place is unknown. We just know that no criminal charges have been filed at this point in time. Now, we are waiting for them to come out to brief us to give us more information. It looks like that may be happening soon. So we'll, of course, keep you guys posted on what may be said in the next few minutes. But we know that all of this is happening just weeks after federal bribery charges were filed against city councilman. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm just going to have a short statement for you here today. I'm Tim Waters. I'm the special agent in charge for the FBI here in Michigan. Uh, this morning, as you all very well know, um, FBI agents, along with task force officers from the FBI Detroit field office, executed search warrants at multiple locations here in uh, southeast Michigan and along in City Hall. Um, really, at this point, why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing these search warrants? Because the, the citizens of Detroit have a right to a city government that is free of corruption. All right. So I but I want to make clear that no one is being charged today. Um, simply what we're doing today is collecting evidence which will be presented to the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Michigan. We'll make all decisions on charging. Uh, we'll make all decisions on charging this uh, ongoing investigation. Um, the FBI is the lead federal agency for public corruption matters in the United States. We take these allegations exceptionally seriously. It is our number one priority for our criminal investigations. Uh, and as such, obviously, we need the public's help uh, in investigating these type, these type of cases. I would urge anyone with information on public corruption matters, both here in the city of Detroit, but also throughout Michigan, to please contact the FBI. Uh, at this point, that concludes my statement. Thank you. Yeah, I, at this point, I cannot. There will be more information that will come out in the near future, but at this point, I cannot. I, I apologize for that. How many offices were searched inside? Yeah, I can't uh, I can't get information right now. Can you tell us how many areas in yeah, there are a number of locations that were searched, and I can see where this is going. And you're going to ask a lot of questions that I can't answer, so I'm going to step away. But there will be more information to follow. Okay, I is promise. Today? Well, for, for today, like, like, no charges are being 
So that you know, I'll be sending around um, a written version of this as well, so you'll get that this afternoon, um, which will have essentially the same information that the SEC provided. Um, the contact number we're asking the public to um, sorry, and we'll go ahead and um, wrap it up. Contact number we're asking the public uh, no to call. Charges being found at this point in time to keep you guys updated on this development story. Victor Williams. All right. All right, Victor, thank you. So here comes Mr. C with the update. <laughs> That's what they knew as of this morning. Okay, so what we got going on here in the uh, city of Detroit, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, these two council members, Janie Ayers and Scott Benson. All right, now the FBI raided their homes as well as their city council offices um, in a federal corruption probe that led to a conspiracy to commit bribery charges against Councilman Andre Spivy on July 28th. It alleges that Spivy took over $35,000 in cash money, honey, bribe payments. WXYZ, go figure, they reported, according to the FBI, the raids happened at the homes of Councilwoman Janie Ayers and Councilman Scott Benson. It's reportedly part of the federal corruption investigation that led to charges against Councilman Andre Spivy last month. According to the criminal information filing, Spivy and another person identified as public official A corruptly ac accepted over $35,000 in bribe payments in connection with Spivy's position as a member of the Detroit City Council. It also alleges that Spivy took a $1,000 cash bribe from an undercover law enforcement agent on October 26, 2018. Both Ayers and Benson are running for another term on council. Ayers advanced to the general election in her bid for an at-large seat, and Benson ran opposed in the primary. The searches come three weeks after Spivy was arraigned in the federal court on one count of conspiracy to commit bribery over claims that he accepted more than $35,000 to be influenced and rewarded for votes. And of course, uh, they're uh, now examining these two in that investigation. But you have to note, guys, you have to note the reason why a story like this is so important is because when we're talking about getting back to our local, right, to cleaning up our own backyards, it is these yahoos that first, they are the first line of defense, right? Because state can't override city and the federal can't override state. Of course, they will always do so and try through either some technicality or a loophole or through some executive order or mandate, right? But that's why that is important. Cleaning out your local legislature, you know, or God bless it, the light comes down on them and they get busted by the feds. And, you know, I saw someone in the chat say something to the effect that uh, hopefully the feds are not as corrupt as the city councilmen are in the city of Detroit, in the state of Michigan. And Lord knows Michigan is pretty corrupt, ladies and gentlemen, but wins all around for today on the Sea Report. And I thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for hanging out, even though we're in overtime tonight. It happens every now and then. Um, and also, again, thank you for uh, the gold pill donations. I see uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Crane, Op, Crane Operator there uh, tossed another cookie my way. Thank you so much. And uh, good night to you, Tam Grau. 
Uh, let me go ahead and release the lotto. I was also going to visit into chat real quick before we sign off for tonight. I saw, uh, and Sean Joe, thank you also for the cookie. Much appreciated, my friend. Uh, there was a comment I had seen up here. Where was it at? Um, where was that comment I wanted to comment on? It was uh, from someone. It was from a friend I don't see often or have not seen in the chats before. There's actually a lot of new, a lot of new friends coming coming out of the woodwork here at the C chat. So uh, thanks you, thank you all for coming forward, saying hello, um, and being part of the conversation. I'm sure the friends made you feel welcome because uh, it is a loving family here. Over. Carries, it carries forward from beyond, I know. Uh, here's the question. Uh, Light to Master One, uh, welcome to the C-Chat, says, did anyone profit from life insurance policies the state took out on these people? Getting back to uh, the state of New York and the COVID-19 nursing home debt scandal. Um, you know, other than the state of New York and specific hospital and health systems in the state of New York, making a lot of money off of the federal government for COVID-19 cases and deaths, uh, light to master one, I would say that the insurance companies are the ones that benefited and profited off of these life insurance policies. Because after all, if you were to examine your own life insurance policy or just take a gander, your life insurance policy is nullified if you pass due to an experimental vaccine or an emergency use authorization type. Now, don't take my word for it. I would go ahead and look at your own life insurance policy and see if you can't get your provider to put it in writing that you will not be penalized for taking the COVID-19 vaccine and cancel your life insurance policy. I really have to wonder if there was not some sort of coordination between Biden, his administration and his handlers and life insurance companies and moguls and giants who knew that they would retain all of that money if, uh, if, the, if anyone who took that jab, that, that uh, mRNA gene therapy session, that, that fake vaccine and perished from it. Because uh, among other things, aside from uh, passing from an experimental non-FDA approved medication, you will also not receive the benefits of your life insurance policy if what you have received is an act of war, bio-warfare. And if it comes out that China waged war on America by bio-warfare, you can kiss that uh, policy goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. And again, the insurance policies will be the one to profit off of that. The insurance companies, I apologize, will be the ones to profit off of that if anybody. Sounds pretty suspect to me if you ask me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we see uh, Pilled asked, wasn't the weather underground that old uh, that that did the actual Capitol building insurrection way back? I don't know that it was an insurrection, Pilled. I wasn't alive back then, but from what I understand, they successfully uh, 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 set off a bomb over at the Capitol um, back in what, the 60s or 70s. So uh, that's one thing there. But all right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Gunny308, welcome to the chats. Good to see you in the chats. And welcome, 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 Philly Q, Just V, WC Cranop, Tam Grau, Aurelius Locke, CJM61. Good to see you all, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, amongst all the rest of you guys, sorry if I can't get to all your names. Let me see here. 
And, oh, yep, it looks like we've been a scratching. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen. You guys have a great evening. Hey, Martyr, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> See you there at the end. All right, guys, you have a great night. Sweet dreams to you all. And uh, um, yes, as we continue into this venture that is called Liberty. Ah, oh, look at that. I won, I won zero gold pills. Oh, well, it's my own show. What do I need them for? <laughs> uh, we shall carry on and press forth. Uh, Twitch friends over there, Deplora Laura. Um, uh, Jen C. Bonneville, thanks for hanging out and holding on the light. We will see you guys tomorrow, same place, same time, here at the Foxhole Chats and beyond. Till then, have a good night. Stay, stay safe and uh, uh, stay, stay, oh, no, be safe and be blessed. Hey, speak and easy. Good night. There you go. Sorry, guys. I see you there. I see you there. Be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We will see you all tomorrow. This is Mr. C signing out. Until then. Ta-ta.